Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast? How is How are you? How's the world where you are? How are things? What's the weather like? Stick your head outside. Is it still a giant moon? This The moon, I'm going to say this to you now, and because again, as we know, nothing is real anymore. Nothing is real. Nothing to get hung about. Uh, I, I, I see this moon that I'm seeing quite a bit recently, and it's not... This shit used to happen like once a year. There'd be some crazy fucking, you know, wolf moon, blood moon, whatever they called it. And you'd go outside and and you could practically see. And I talked about taking photos, I think, uh, on here last week. You could you could see the moon uh, and you see the face of the guy with the rocket in his eye. You could see all that shit. But then you try to take a picture of it. It's just a dot in the sky. But dudes... This, the fucking moon's getting closer. I swear to God it is. I, I, I talk to ladies. I, I must know about your lunar cycles. Tell me if your cycles are being disrupted by this new moon that's showing up every other fucking day. Uh, I need to talk to the ocean and see if the tides are being disrupted. You know what I need to do? <laughs> I need to talk to the ocean. That's what I need to do. I need to go to the beach, blow a conch shell, and have like a water wisp come up, and then I'll just chat with it for a while. You know how Moses talked to a burning bush? A bush? I'm going to talk to a water wisp. That's who I am. I'm the new Moses. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm the new Moses. He talked to a burning bush. I'm going to talk to a water wisp. And by well, whenever you're trying to get answers about the earth or or Jesus, please talk to something with an alliterative name. That's what you need. You need an alliterative name. And and please don't think to yourself, well, I'll just go talk to Brock Bowers, Georgia tight end. <laughs> just popped into my head. Uh, no, Brock Bowers isn't going to help you. You can try. It's got the alliteration, but I don't think he's going to have any special knowledge about religion or the earth. Uh, I, all right. I was in Chicago doing stand up a couple of weeks ago for, well, there's a million things to tell you here. And I, I, my, my head is full of bees and they are swimming around. And I will tell you this, by the way, uh, I love Jackie Cation, a, a lovely woman, an incredibly talented comedian. One of my favorites, quite frankly, uh, she has the Jackie and Lori show, which I, I must admit I need to tune into, uh, because I think Lori Kilmartin is devastatingly funny. Like, I think she's just fucking Knock it out of the park. Goddamn brilliant, in my opinion. And 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 Jackie, the same. So to have the two of them there 
as two fingers in a comedy fist, I think I'm on board with that. Now, I don't know who the other three fingers would be. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say there are two microphones with the other two fingers and then uh, their producer, whoever's pushing the buttons. Now, that that person just brings you the comedy. Whoever the producer is of the Jackie and Laurie show is is uh, someone who's, I say he sets up the microphones and he pushes all the buttons and he makes sure that this sound reaches your ears. So he's valuable. Is he as valuable as the talent? I'm going to say no. Speaking as the talent, I'm going to tell you now that the tools that bring you the talent, not nearly as uh, important as the talent itself. And now, and I'm sure there will be people who argue with me. My microphone right now is giving me a cross-eyed look. It's furious at me. And yet I say to you, microphone, I love you and I appreciate all of the work that you do. Laptop, you certainly are recording me and making sure the masses get to hear my voice eventually. Uh, but both of you, cogs in the machine. That's all you are. I'm, I'm, everybody's here to hear me. Nobody's here to go. I wonder if the laptop worked this week. <laughs> That'd be funny, actually. Holy shit. Would you, is there a podcast you tune into just to see if it's, if it aired without error? If there was somehow, it, you know, you know what guys, no glitches, no pops. That's a great podcast. Yes, but he was advocating for the death of all children. I doesn't matter. I, it came to me in a clear and concise manner, and I was able to hear it effectively. The sound quality was perfect. Congratulations, laptop. Congratulations, microphone. I, I, I applaud you and your efforts. Yes, but he was also saying that puppies should be run over with a steamroller. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I heard it as clear as a bell, and that's all I look for in a podcast. I don't care about subject matter. I care about uh, sound quality, and I care about resonance and timber. You know what I'm looking for? A lot of timber. So I listen to, you know what I listen to? I listen to a podcast where they're solely chopping down trees. I just, a couple of guys out there, you hear axe thwacks, and then you hear somebody yell timber. Boom. There you go. I'm in. That's my show. What would I call that? Axe thwacks. Axe thwacks with Pierre and Jacques. That's what I call it. You had a couple of Frenchies out there chopping up trees. I don't know why I made lumberjacks French, but I had to. I, you know why? You know why? Because I think my brain went axe thwacks with Pierre and Jacques. And then thought I thought of uh, Alouetta for some reason. Axe made me think of Alouetta. And then I thought of the kids in the hall sketch where the, the two dudes are there. They go to the office and they're, they're getting the pelts of the, the office workers, which is a brilliant fucking sketch. And I think that's what my brain did. Are you wondering about how my brain works? 14 years into the show. There you go. There was a little peek into it. Axe with Pierre and Jacques. And I very rarely do I have the name of the show so early, but I'm going to put that down as a possible name of the show. And I'm not going to write Axe Thwax with Pierre and Jacques because that's a lot of ink. I'm just going to write 440 because that's when it came in. Uh, I think. I don't know. Yeah, around then. I'll start listening at 440. I'll jump back. What's that sound? Here she comes. Uh, Full blast and top down. Hot shoe burning down the avenue on an on-ramp coming through my bedroom. Hi. Uh, I'm obsessed with Van Halen, as you know. I love them. I'm not obsessed, really, but I love them. And if you heard my appearance on uh, Go Fact Yourself with J. Keith Van Stratton, I answered some Van Halen questions. Uh, so, you know, I love Van Halen. And recently, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself now. This is something else. Again, I, oh, that's, I, you know, I started to talk about Jackie for a reason. Let's talk about that. And then I'm going to write here. I'm going to write this down. I need a producer. See, I need a producer. So I'm going to just, yeah, this is why well, I don't really need a producer because I can bring you whatever the fuck, but I like one. Because, you know, when Lily would take notes about all the dumb shit that was flying out of my fucking skull and she'd be like, I'd be like, where was I? And she'd be like, here you were. And I'd be like, yay, because in the early days, too, I could button stuff around. You know, we go flying all over the place and eventually I'd come back to the point. But with nobody here to look at me or go, hey, you had a point earlier. Genius. Uh, I, I can't. I don't remember anything. I'm a clown. I'm a I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a liar. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. Uh, I do podcasts with no complaint. I podcast with no complaint. That would be a better way to do it. I added a syllable there and I shouldn't. I'm going to sip some water. 
<clears throat> operating with an 11 ice cube uh, cup today. Normally I go 10 ice cubes. I got 11 in there today. Normally I go six little ice cubes, four bigs, six littles, four bigs. But uh, I was short because uh, my I had five littles and then I had half a little. So I put five and a half in there and then I put five bigs in there. And then I thought, well, that's because it throws off the whole equilibrium. But also I'm doing a show here. So I need to, I need this water to stay as cold as possible. Who knows how long I'll talk? Uh, boy, do you guys regret tuning in now? Are you, are you, are you happy for the sound? The sound? <laughs> Look, that whole ice anecdote, at least the sound quality on it was good. Didn't drop out. There was no sort of glitch or pop or buzz. Uh, by the way, I'm actually going to be joining that show next week. The glitch pop and buzz show. Check it out. It's going to be fantastic. I'll tell you where to download it as soon as it's recorded. Uh, I got to be honest. Sound quality, not as good on that one. It, you wish it would be, uh, but you know, that's, uh, and you know who hosts glitch pop and buzz snap, crackle and pop. And then you're like, well, how, how's pop get his name in the title? But then snap and crackle. Don't, I don't look, I don't run their fucking show. I'm just a guest. Uh, Hey, welcome to glitch pop and buzz. We're snap, crackle and pop. Here's our guest, Mike Schmidt. That's me doing all the noises I got to do to be on that show. There should be a show of just mouth noises. Shouldn't there? I got to, let me apologize to you guys this early in the show. Uh, you know, there are plenty of mouth noises on this show and I get cl- too close to the microphone. I know I do. Max used to fucking tell me, he's like, dude, people can hear your fucking smacky mouth. And I'm like, I-, I know I get it, but I, you know, I talk a lot, so I get a lot of spit. So I'm trying to swallow it and get it out of the fucking way. Uh, but then I guess I'm too close to the microphone. So you can hear a little, uh, you know, yammy spammy, like a little, yum, yum, yum. I don't want that shit. I look, I hate it. I, 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 you guys are all very kind not to complain about it. But then when I hear it, like, you know what? Last week. For some reason, my fucking throat was burger. I have no fucking idea why at the end of the show, because uh, I, I had to listen to it, obviously, to put the theme song in. So I listened to the last minute and I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? I mean, it, my my voice sounded like somebody dragging a, a shovel across a cement sidewalk. I mean, it was just like fucking terrible. I I, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, and oh, <clears throat> hold, on, hold on. I just breathed in and I caught a I caught something there. My uvula caught a fucking draft. <clears throat> hold on. And now I yawn. Jesus Christ, this is the show of expectorations that were not expected. Unexpected expectorations. I'll be on that show as well after the glitch snap and pop show. Uh, glitch pop and buzz. Glitch pop, blah, beep, got, beep, glitch pop and buzz. <laughs> I'm going to have to make noises on all these shows. All right. I talk too fast. I'm going to take a breath. Let me settle down here for a second. Uh, I talk too fast. I don't talk too much. I don't never shut up. I don't talk too much. Homeboy, I don't never shut up. But I do talk too fast. And it's because, I'm, again, talking at the speed of my head. And I wonder if that's counterproductive or detrimental to whatever I'm trying to get across to the show I'm trying to get across. But as you know, head full of bees. So I'm trying to catch them and just vomit them out on you. And that's the way it goes. Uh, and that brings me back to Jackie, our lovely friend, Jackie, who uh, has new merch. And and I'm, I think it goes with a bit that she's doing on stage because she she's trending toward talking a lot about what's going on in the world. And she's angry as a lot of us are. A lot of people are angry about what's going on in the world. I, I, I'm more bemused. I used to be disgusted and I try to be amused. Let's go that route. Um, I, I just want to, I want to reach a whole Zen. I don't give a fuck about anything type of place. And, and eventually I'll, you know, sometimes I get mad and I'll get revved up and then I'm like, what's the point of this? There's no reason to get revved up. I mean, when you see shit that happens and I'm not going to, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to talk about something I saw online. Why not? I'll talk about that in a second, but let's, let's finish Jackie so I can release her back into the wild. Jackie's doing bits on stage. I think about being uh, upset and angry with the world and I don't blame her. Okay. And I think she came up with the line uh, made of bees, I think. And I think it's, it's toward her being angry. Like she's, 
it was a way to get across like I'm vibrating, I'm angry, I'm I'm just made of bees or something. And uh, I only know it because I, I heard her allude to it uh, on her Instagram. And now there are shirts. Uh, and Jackie's got the uh, uh, she's got made of bees shirts. And uh, I have to admit, I'm frustrated, not with her. Clearly, she has no idea I exist uh, in this realm, certainly in the bees realm. But uh, but, you know, she we're friends and we're comedians. So she knows I exist in that realm. But I'm mad at myself because once again, uh, I had something and did nothing with it. And it seems like someone else has picked up the uh, the torch and run with it. Not that she was ever influenced by me, not that she ever knew about me or had an idea of what I was saying. Um and, and it was out there for anybody to discover or, or come up with, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I used to call, you know, I used to say this show head full of bees. Oh, man, I got a head full of bees. The bees are, you know, even the Mex has done some amazing, uh, I mean, brilliant fucking artwork with including the bees. Once I was fucking crucified on a mailbox post. That's one of my favorite ones. And also one of the one of the fucking uh, interludes that we used to do. It had uh, like half my face was a honeycomb. I think it was fucking crazy, dude. Fucking. We used to be, didn't we used to be beautiful. It was fucking awesome. Uh, what the hell happened? Uh, were the life, the world. Uh, so when I saw Jackie shirt, I was just kind of like, ah, man, like, I love it. It's, it's a great idea. Um, but, and I was, you know, but if we would have put out that fucking image with my head as half a honeycomb and the fucking head full of bees, dudes, dudes, why didn't I do it? You know why? Because I can't afford shirts. I had a great idea for a shirt for the 10th anniversary of the show. <laughs> We're in year 14. <laughs> the design I wanted for the year 10, I was so excited about it. And, uh, and then... Cause it, you know, it costs a lot of money to make t-shirts. Not only that, it costs a lot of time to make t-shirts. And also I got to fucking call people and sit on the phone and then they mess them up and I got to yell. And then I got to fucking stay up all night and go to their office early. Cause I don't normally get up at eight in the fucking morning. And you know, remember by you literally by year two, three, four, and five to hear the fucking t-shirt saga. Every time I went to a place or went to a different place, it always turned into some fucking mess. And, uh, and I don't know how anybody gets anything done. Meanwhile, Jackie's turning out fucking t-shirts like, like Lucy at the chocolate factory. I mean, it's just fucking shit comes flying out. You can't even get your hands on all of them for fuck's sake. And they're all awesome. Good for her. She found somebody she trusts and relies on. Now I will say this. I found somebody that I trusted and relied on the last time I was able to do a run of shirts. And, uh, I, you know, I would use them again in a heartbeat if they're still doing it. But it was, I had to get them through my friend, Jesse Thorne, who I had to reach out to and go, dude, you have good merch. Like what the fuck? Who are these people? But again, then that's a whole other can of fucking shirts because I, (laughs) because I got to call people in Minneapolis or whatever the fuck. And so then you're on the phone with them and you're sending them ideas and, and look, man, just make shirts. Here's the thing. I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to think of a shirt. Somebody out there, pick up the image and make it, make a goddamn shirt and give it to me so I can sell it. Or make a shirt that I can just give away to people to make up for the fact that I haven't shirts in fucking forever. But also, we did fucking amazing shirts, and I was like, these are the greatest shirts ever. And I wanted people to go, these are the greatest shirts ever. And sometimes people did, but uh, you know me, I want I want people to, I want to win an Oscar for shirts. You know what I mean? I'm like, just give me, fucking come through, man. Make it amazing. I'm so dumb. Why? I don't know. Now, I will warn you, uh, a lot of sniffling going to be going on. I have, uh, I have a physical... I got physical stuff going on. First of all, we'll talk about uh, my nose because you're going to hear that. I talked about my throat getting fucking burgered out last week. I don't fucking know why. It was just I talked too much. Uh, but I just said I don't ever talk too much. But I, I whatever it was, uh, you know, my throat got all funky last week. And so you'll hear that. But my nose is a big deal. I need a humidifier. 
in my fucking house. I, I can't explain it. I, my, I wake every day I wake up and my nose is filled with Triscuits and I don't know why there's fucking, it's like, what the fuck? Why do I have a fucking probosis full of wheat thins? This is fucking terrible. Uh, and I, and, and I will share this with you and I apologize. All right. Uh, you know, I got to blow my nose in my own house probably five times a day and, and not just like, Oh, this is annoyance. I mean, I have to do it. And then like the Kleenex weighs, you know, a third of a pound by the time I'm finished. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know if it's sinus. Uh, I don't have any allergies. Don't say that. Nobody's like, Oh, you got allergies. No, no. Cause my eyes don't water and I'm not affected. Like it's not like I'm outside and it's happening. But when I wake up in my house, like right away and, and I'm going to share this with you when I apologize, I have to tell you this, but again, maybe one of you is medical out there and you can send me a fucking note. Um, super, super, super fucking dry. It's like my nose is full of sand. Uh, but also, uh, and I apologize guys, I'm just going to share this with you, but it's true. Uh, blood, which I wasn't expecting and, and not like, but not like liquid, you know what I mean? Not like when you have a bloody nose, I mean, just like, uh, everything's red that comes out of me. It's fucking weird. And I don't know what that is. I don't know how to explain it. And I'm sure I, I, you know, maybe I'm melting from the inside out. I have no idea. That's, that's brain fluid leaking. I have no clue. Uh, and, and like, not, it's not like that all day when I first wake up, it's like that. And then throughout the day, there are still traces and stuff like that, but it's heaviest in the morning. And look, I don't smoke. I don't, I don't fucking snort Coke. I don't know what the fuck could be happening, but it's weird and it's new. And when you're old, new shit happens and you just in your brain. And again, look, I don't have any health insurance. You know that I'm a fucking idiot. Um, I don't, I'm not a fucking idiot. Be, be have, kind to yourself. Uh, I've made some mistakes that I need to correct. How about that? Better. Um, and so I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I can't, there's nobody I can go talk to. I can't, you know, I don't want to go to the free clinic and go, Hey, uh, bad news. I'm, I'm fucking horking out half a bottle of ketchup every morning. What the fuck's happening? And, uh, and then he goes, uh, okay, because I'm at the Mexican doctor. Cause that's who has the free clinic. Um, not a lot of, I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of, and look, I don't want to cast aspersions on doctors. I'm sure they're lovely. They have the white coats. They do the job. They wear that fucking cylindrical silver thing on their fucking head. Got tongue depressors and put them in your mouth and make you sick because nobody wants dry shit on their tongue. Uh, but at the same time. I, you know, you go to a free clinic, you get what you get. You're sitting next to a guy with a chicken. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen here. And you're like, are you bringing the chicken to this guy? Like, is he a vet too? Like, what the fuck? But it's like, no, I just didn't want to leave the chicken in the car. It's hot. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, good for you, man. Bring your fucking chicken inside. There's some woman with like eight children orbiting her like a fucking, like, like literally fucking Elon Musk satellites around the earth. They're just like doing terrible things, reading highlights magazine, but they're not really reading it because they have no idea what English is. It's just, it's just, these are nightmarish waiting rooms is what I'm telling you. I like when I gave blood and I sat there and the whole joint smelled of urine forever. And I'm just like, this is fucking awful. Why am I here? And then it turned out they didn't take my blood. And it's, and what's funny is like, my blood is like, all right, well, you don't want to give it away. We'll leave through your nose every fucking morning. How about that? Uh, so that's the thing. If I go to a free clinic, who the fuck, there's going to be some challenge. And again, I also, I think, I think I would rather die quickly than wait an hour anywhere to see a doctor. Does that sound, I mean, and look, is that true? There's some truth in that statement. Certainly. I can't say that it's the the truest thing I've ever felt in my life, but it is pretty fucking crazy that how, how much of an aversion I have to waiting when I'm Ubering people, I pull up outside their house and I immediately hit the I've arrived button. 
And then they'll be like, be right down. And in my head, I'm like, you motherfucker. I'm so mad at them. I understand I'm there for their convenience or whatever the fuck. And then they uh, they changed the waiting time for Uber. Now, you used, to, you used to wait five minutes and then you could cancel and you got paid a cancellation fee. It's now seven minutes. And I'm like, you fucking assholes. I mean, I could I could literally get two more rides pinged in, in seven minutes. What the fuck am I sitting here waiting? Uh, and the worst part is when it happens, it happened to me the other day at like fucking two five two oh five in the morning, downtown L.A. I'm sitting there waiting for somebody and they're not showing up. I texted them. I've arrived and I texted hello. And, and then it's like they're like, you can call if a rider doesn't show up. I'm not call, I'm not fucking calling anybody. Hello. Hi, it's me, your taxi driver. Oh, uh, duh. I'm a failure. Nobody fucking wants to hear that. <laughs> And, and also it's these people are, it's two in the morning. So this guy could be lying in a pool of his own sick. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this fucking idiot. All I know is I'm sitting in the car waiting for him and he's not showing up. And I, and, and all I'm doing is looking at the clock going, please tick, get the fuck to seven minutes so I can cancel this motherfucker and go take somebody who's alive. Because if they're waiting that fucking long, either because look, it's two in the morning, either you found somebody to blow you in an alley or you fainted dead away from sickness. That's the only two possibilities because they're little, they have a little guy. When you do the Uber app, you, you say you're there and there, you don't know this Uber puts a picture of you on my phone. Maybe you don't know this. If you don't drive Uber, it'll give me the location of your phone so I can see where you are. So when I tell you I've arrived, I can see that you're in the building right next to me that I'm parked in front of. And I know you're in there. And whether you're it's last call and you're finishing your drink or you're trying to fucking airdrop your fucking number to somebody or you're, you're just you're finger blasting somebody in a phone booth. I don't know what the fuck's going on. By the way, it's not 1974. Odds of you finger blasting somebody in a phone booth, probably very high against. <laughs> but maybe you're in the ladies room there and you got it. You got a fistful of somebody who the fuck knows. Uh, all I know is I'm sitting out there like a dork. Uh, I'm your ride tonight. Uh, I'm just wasting gas. Uh, I should have graduated. But. Uh, boy, you know what? I do those big gulping breaths and there's stuff in my throat. So it keeps hitting me and I can't get a true breath and I don't like it. I don't like what's happening with my fucking head. Let me try to clear it. There we go. Hi. Uh, yeah. So, so you'll hear like right now my nose is again, it's happening. And it's this thing where when I, uh, if I wind up talking, did it learning last week's podcast too, when I was finished, I had to fucking blow my nose in a bath sheet. You know what I mean? It was like, I couldn't even just use Kleenex. I had to get a giant towel and wrap my head in it mummy style and just fucking wail and just peel it off. It was just awful. Peeled it off and it looked like my head was covered in honey. It was like so fucking bad. What happened to that guy? Glazed himself up, blowing his nose in his mummy ball. (laughs) But, uh, But now... You're going to hear it. And I apologize. And it's one of those things where like, well, Mike, why don't you stop and blow your nose? Well, yeah, I'd love to do that. But then that means I can edit the fucking show later. I want to one take Jake, this motherfucker. You guys know that. I want to go straight through. I want to. And then because there'll always be something with matching the voice or if I come in, on, you know, that thing where, oh, what did I say a second ago? And you got to try to recreate it. And then all the all the magic is gone. All the spark is right out of the show. And And I think I think I speak for all of us 20 minutes in when I say this. Oh my goodness, this show is full of magic. <laughs> we don't, we're like, I, the magic is gone. I mean, not, not now, though. Right now, we're reveling in the magic. We're frolicking in a meadow. Just me and you and, and Finn and uh, whatever the dog's name was and, and Princess Bubblegum. Is that her name? I forget. God, I loved Adventure Time so much. So I remember nobody's name. You know who? You, well, I remember Finn, clearly. Uh, you know who I loved on Adventure Time, though? You know who's the, oh, Bimo. God damn. And uh, Gunter the Penguin and the King. I love that. Uh, and who was the vampire chick? I don't remember. But I, again, I, I was there. I went through 
there was a year where I watched it pretty intensely. Like I would, I just watched it all the fucking time, binged it and then watched old ones, uh, make a pancakes, make a, make a pancakes. All right. I'm a weirdo. Uh, but BMO is my favorite. One time BMO got left home alone and BMO was on the sink taking pictures. Oh dude, BMO is so cute. I love BMO. Um, <laughs> why did I bring up adventure time? Nobody knows. Uh, you know why? Cause when I was at David's, we were talking about stuff like that, about Aqua Teen, and, uh, and I asked him, I was like, have you ever watched Gumball? Uh, and it was him who, it was him who turned me on to Gumball, I believe, or he turned, no, he turned me on to Chopper and then I pivoted to Gumball and I have a friend, one of my guys I play poker with, he, he was one of the writers on regular show, uh, which is literally just fucking stoner's delight. It's crazy to watch. Um, all right. So anyway, the, the point is my head is stuffed and filled now, with bees as well, but also whatever the fuck needs to come out of my, uh, the rest of me out of the, all of the holes in my face wish to shoot things out of them. And I can't do it while I'm talking because I would have to stop the showdown. And I'm certainly not going to disgust you by blowing my nose here on the show, but let me ask you this. And I will put this to you. It's almost a poll and you guys can answer afterwards. Well, you can't answer now because uh, well, I mean, you, can, you can answer now in the moment when you're hearing it, but you can't answer now in the moment that I'm talking. Fuck me. All right. Hold on. <laughs> All right, let's do that. Um, is it more disgusting to hear me blow my nose on the air or is it more disgusting for me to do a whole show where I sound like a fucking junior executive at William Morris who's been doing coke all fucking day? You tell me. I don't know. And we'll adjust accordingly from the shows going forward. I, if I've got a... If it is a thing where it is really off-putting to you guys, I will stop down and do whatever I can to empty my skull and then pick back up. And it just means, it literally, truthfully, (laughs) it really only means like five to ten more minutes of work of just matching the vocal tracks and stuff. But I, as you know, am diseased. So I have convinced myself that stopping uh, the train for anything changes the direction and the the, the way the show is going to be perceived and it's not going to be as good. And obviously, if I don't do it all in one take, it's bad. And I know you're like, well, other people edit their fucking shows. Yes, I know. Do I look like other people? <laughs> there we go. Sniff it up. Uh, but also, so I mentioned my head. Let's get and let's talk about the rest of my body. Remember I told you last week I had a, I had a hip thing. And then I had a knee thing. I had a hip and a knee happening. I had left hip and right knee. Uh, and I, I believe I said that the uh, the Muhammad Atta of age was coming for the Twin Towers of my legs. And not one of you wrote me to tell me that that was fucking brilliant. And I'm furious about it. But that's fine. Uh, I'm used to that. I'm used to spouting off platitudes of brilliance and not hearing from fucking anybody about them. Uh, Fearful Jesuit's good for that, though. He'll write me. He was like, he wrote me, I don't know. Again, I don't do the show regularly, but I did it fucking like two months ago. And he's like, did you think of this in the moment or did you have it locked and loaded? And I was like, I actually, that was a thing I thought of beforehand and actually did on stage. Uh, this is at one of Lenny's shows here at the Universal Bar and Grill. Uh, <laughs> and he was, he's like, I, he's like, I don't even want to know if I know, want to know the story behind it. But I, I just didn't, whatever. So the point is I had had, there was something that I had in my brain already that came tumbling out, came tumbling. <laughs> Tumbling down, if you will, which, uh, and now I can't think of, uh, who's that? The, the, it's not the new pornographers. There's some on the, on the velvet gold mine soundtrack, Venus and furs. I don't know why I thought that was new pornographers, but Venus and furs did the song tumbling down. And it's, uh, boy, it's so great. Uh, uh <laughs> now I want to sing it, but I can't do the guy's voice. It's so amazing. All right. So anyway, my hip, I told you about last week Well, my knee 
So I, I remember I recorded the show uh, last year, like Thanksgiving or no, last week, I should say. It came out on Thanksgiving. I recorded it. I was done with it, whatever. And uh, sure enough, I I went over to my brother's house for Thanksgiving last week, and uh, I, I my my knee was really it was it was an annoying me. Like it was annoyingly not going away. Like when I would walk, I would feel it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I had to park at his house. You got to park on the street. So I had to park about a block and a half away. And so I'm walking to his house. And as I'm walking, it's getting with every step, it's actually kind of getting a, a fraction worse. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I, cause it was the inside of my right knee. So, and I looked, believe me, I Googled the shit and that's where all your ligaments are. That's where the, uh, the ACL, the MCL, they all run through there. They said it could be a torn meniscus, depending on if it's closer to the back of the knee or the front, blah, 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 whatever. I, I and again, no medical insurance. I, I can't go in and sit next to a guy who wrote a burrow to see the fucking doctor. You know? So I, I, I had, I'm just like, well, let's just, my medical insurance is, Hey, let's hope this goes away. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> if somehow this went away as I lose a quart of blood every morning, blowing my nose. Uh, it's not that bad. I uh, please. I'm joking. We're exact. We're exaggerating for humor and having fun. Uh, but at the same time, it's alarming when you're just like, you blow your nose and you look and you're like, Holy shit, Jackson Pollock, what the fuck happened to your face? Um, so anyway, I, uh, I, I, I get to Lenny's house and then we, you know, there's dinner and it was fun. I get to see my nieces and, and it's funny, they are, you know, they're 20 and 19 now, or 22 and 19 now, I think. I don't know. It, regardless, they could be five. I, I you know, I, I wasn't around for the first 15 years of their life. But anyway, they're they're lovely and I love them. Uh, but, and you know, I told them, I think I told you last week, I really wanted to spend every moment. So I got to their house at like 1230, which was great. We watched the end of the football game. There was a ton of appetizers. Uh, and we just visited. It was super fun. Well, I, I visited with Lenny and, I, and uh, my older niece. My younger niece was, uh, she had her boyfriend over and then she went in her room and, you know, she's, and again, I don't blame her. Who the fuck wants to go sit with their uncle and go, hi, I'm, you're old and I'm young. What's happening? Um, you know, there's, there's a, a phone with all of the world's knowledge on it. There's a computer, there's television. Uh, it's not like the old days where you'd build a fire and everybody sat around to tell have grandpa tell you about when he fought the Hessians. You know what I mean? Nobody fucking wants that anymore. So I, I, it's fine. Go in your rooms. That's totally cool. I'm going to sit here and eat fucking cream cheese filled celery and watch football, uh, which I did. And we had a good time. And uh, I was sitting in Lenny's recliner and then it was time for then, you know, it came time for dinner and I went to go to the table and my leg, I uh, now it was radiating pain. Now, when I stood on it, and I put weight on my right leg. Now it hurt. And I think I told you last week, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Hurt is just pain and you can get through it. Uh, but now I was starting to think maybe I'm injured in a way that <sighs> I'm going to have to have somebody look at. Like, I, I don't know. And I kept trying to think what I had done to my leg because the worst case scenario would be just, ah, you know what? It's time. You're, you're old and you've used it a lot and you've abused it by having a lot of weight on your fucking carcass. And and now your knee just kind of gave up the ghost. And and I was like, holy fuck, that would be a complete drag. I do I don't want that to be the case, right? Uh, so I, I typed it out, and but it was. And I will tell you this: I'm I'm not a baby. You know what I mean? If I if I'm in pain or I got pain happening, it's not like I'm like, yeah, ooh, jeez. You know, I'm not one of those fucking idiots. And and if you are that person, that's fine. And also, let me rephrase that: you're not a fucking idiot if you do that. Okay. Um. If you have somebody in your life 
who is close to you and loves you. And you want to let them know that you are hurting and they will show compassion and empathy and comfort you and, and help you. And, you know, they don't have to nurse you back to health, but they will take care of you and go, aw. Then it's okay to go, oh man, my knee is fucked. Like, I don't know what's happening to my knee. It really hurts. And if someone will take your head in their arms and put it to their bosom and stroke your hair and go, I'm sorry, I, I, what can we do? Let's take some aspirin. Let's put a wrap on it or something. Then by all means, let, let someone know that you're hurting and in pain. But if you don't have that person, if you're a single man or a single woman and, uh, or, or you're at family's house, again, it's it, it, my brother loves me. But if I was like, hey, man, my knee's jacked, you'd be like, oh, what a drag. You know what I mean? He might say, hey, you want some Tylenol? That would be the extent of it. So there's no point in telling him, and there's certainly no point in telling my nieces, hey, your old man's legs are breaking down. Has anybody got a rolly chair I can sit in? You know what I mean? It's fucked. So there's no point in just exposing anybody to the fact that you're fucking hurt because it's not going to fix anything. Nothing's going to get changed. And that's that leads to the culture of, you know what, man, suck it up. Bootstraps, grit your fucking teeth and get through it. And uh, if you don't have a health insurance and you don't have a significant other or uh, someone in your life who will say to you, oh, man, that is I'm sorry to hear that. Let's take care of it. Then there's no point in verbalizing it or vocalizing it because all you're doing is dragging everybody down in the morass with you. And and though you may think that might feel good in the moment, it's not going to feel good. If you, my knee, oh my God, my knee hurts so bad. Because you know what? 10 years from now, everybody will go, you remember the Thanksgiving when Mike wouldn't stop bitching about his fucking knee? You know what I mean? You don't want to be that guy. You, you don't want to be the one who put the kibosh on turkey because everybody was like, oh man, remember, I, you know, I like turkey legs, but you remember 10 years ago we had to hear about Mike's leg. You know what I mean? You'll be some fucking story that pings forever in everybody's brain. Yeah, there's no point. But that said, it was a private battle within myself because I mean, I'm walking from the recliner to the kitchen table and having trouble putting weight on my right, not, not having trouble. I wasn't collapsing to the ground, but it, it, but when I stepped, it hurt and it was a shooting pain around my knee and up my leg. So I'm like, what the fuck? Sit down and ate dinner. And then we go over and uh, we watch another football game. Because that's, oh, it was just a non goddamn. And I will tell you this. Uh, two of my niece's friends came over. Uh, Tony came over. I don't, I don't know if I should say his fucking name. And, and his friend. I don't want to say his name now. Uh, and then, of course, my, my niece's boyfriend came over later. And he brought homemade tamales for us, which was delicious. Uh, we had a nice meal. Uh, their friends brought the macaroni and cheese. And it was a delight. Lenny cooked an unbelievable meal. We just, it was just terrific. It was a really good sat. We talked. I learned about their friends. We all had fun. Then we, uh, I somehow dragged my unbelievably lame leg all the way back to the recliner, like, you know, literally seven steps. And, uh, and we sat down to watch football and then it ended. And then I made Lenny watch, uh, something I'm going to tell you all about now, something I'd already seen because we were debating watching a movie talking about possibly watching the killer which is on Netflix now. And I will tell you this. Let's talk about The Killer for a second. Uh, I think it's worth watching. Is it some blow you away, knock your socks off fucking production? No. Uh, did I really enjoy it? I did. Am I still thinking about it? About, you know, a week after I saw it? I am. Uh, I, I've revisited the ending. I've talked to friends who have theories about the ending. It was good. I dug it. Uh, it's slow. It's lean. It's tight. It's not an extravaganza. It's not an epic blockbuster. It's a very small story about someone who is something in the beginning of the film. And then we follow the journey as they might be becoming something else. That's all I'll tell you. I don't want to go into it. 
but it's uh, Andrew Kevin Walker who wrote Seven and David Fincher who directed Seven and every other fucking brilliant movie you've ever seen. And the two of them team up and they make this and it's Michael Fassbender in the lead. I, how do you go wrong there? You can't. You can't go wrong. With a Tilda Swinton coming in and, and with her silver fucking hair vamping it up at a goddamn restaurant. It's fucking beautiful. Go see it. Uh, you don't have to see it at the theater, but it's in your Netflix right now and check it out. And here's what I say. I say, watch it. I hope you like it. If you do give it that thumbs up, um, cause Fincher should be making movies, man. I can't wait to see Ferrari. I don't give a shit about Ferrari. I don't know anything about his life. I don't care about him in the car or whatever the fuck. I still haven't seen Ford versus Ferrari, which I heard was very good, but I'll see Ferrari cause it's Michael Mann. Michael Mann deserves my attention. David Fincher deserves my attention. These are fucking auteurs. These are, and as you know, I am, uh, I, I want great. I want to experience great. I would love to be great. That's a long ways off. But one of the ways you can find yourself being great is immersing yourself in greatness, observing it in action. And maybe you can take some lessons from it. You learn stuff. And, and, uh, and so watching The Killer, I truly enjoyed it. I would recommend that you see it. So we talked about possibly seeing The Killer. We did not watch it. But then I said, Lenny, hey, man, do you like Wes Anderson? And he was like, I didn't mean to punctuate that with a sniff. I know, I know. I'm, if it's gross, I apologize. This will be the last week. Because, again, we're having a vote. Uh, should I stop down and constantly blow my nose? Which, again, would it's, it gives me 10 to 15 more minutes of work. By the way, I just added five minutes somehow in my equation. Uh, or would you rather I powered through and did a show? Because it doesn't. this doesn't bother me. It, it'll bother me probably by the end of the show, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> and also, I will say this. You know, now that I think about it, remember I said that my throat was all fucked up uh, from talking. Well, it's because I talked for two hours nonstop. And... Uh, and maybe because my nose is stuffed up, I can't really breathe through my nose. So maybe the constant talking and then the air intake in my throat, is that drying it out faster? I don't know. So maybe if I had a clear nasal passage, if there was a way to do that, if I had some Dristan, what, I, what if I put in some Dristan? Would you guys want to hear it? What if I did that? Oh, some, uh, uh, what's that called? Afrin? What if I sprayed some Afrin into my face? What if I did that right on camera here? I Camera? I'm not being filmed. On microphone. Would you? Well, let's pivot. Should this become an Afrin show? Or a Dristan. Let's say that's another poll we're doing. We're doing a poll. Should I stop down and blow my nose or should I just power through? Secondly, should I should I just put Dristan right into my face on the air or should I put Afrin into my face on the air? Or should I stop down, blow my nose and then put some Afrin in my face? I get the, the choices are endless, folks. Honestly, at this point, 14 years in, this is what it's come to. Should Mike do something to his nose? That's where we're at. We're not pondering the larger questions of the universe because fuck the universe and fuck the world. And who cares, right? Who fucking cares? Oh, I was going to tell you about the thing I saw online. All right. Let me let me write this down real quick. So I don't remember this. See, look at me. God damn it. Uh, all right. Sorry about the sniffing. Um, so now we got a Dristan Afrin battle going on. We got to blow your nose and stop down or and make more work for yourself or power through. Listen, guys, never say that this show is not pro-choice. Because they're, I'm laying them out for you right there. Your, all your choices are in front of you. It depends on which ones you guys want to finger, which ones you want to go ahead and say, yeah, I want th- I want this. I'm a Dristan man. Really? Well, I'm an Afrin lady. And then the two of you can have an argument. Look at me. I'm setting it on fire. I got people talking back and forth. You can have your provocative political shows where they're like, what's going on in the Gaza Strip? And I say, fuck all that. Dristan Afrin. Let's fucking go. 
bare fucking knuckle, put your hands up and scrap. Let's see how it ends. Let's have a goddamn rowdy down. Let's do it. Let's have a ring a dang over Dristan and Afrin. A, a, a blow your nose or finish the show. Let's fucking go. Let's, let's just throw guys. Let's get, you know, get a tie plum and just throw knees into somebody's face to get your point across. Let's fucking do it, man. Punch somebody right in the goddamn Adam's apple. Uh, uh, or, or if it's a lady, punch her directly in the breastbone. That's what I advocate if I were to do that sort of thing. Uh, if I was the killer, if I was trying to figure out a way to handle things, you try to look for uh, these. Oh, you know what's, oh boy, you know what really hurts? <laughs> I might have talked about this before. We used to do it when we were in school. We, we did this dumb thing when we were in fucking sixth grade. There was a guy named Jim Rooks. Lenny hung out with Jim Rooks all the time. And uh, there was a thing called a bazit and a thing called a biao and a thing called a tui. And I know for sure I have talked about them on this show. Um, a bazit was you would grab somebody, you would come up behind somebody and you'd put your hand on their forehead and you would pull slowly back across their hairline and the top of their head and go bzzit. And uh, it sucks. It, it's not pleasant. You, you try to keep your balance too, but if you keep your balance, then you get this fucking, it's almost like a flat-handed noogie. Uh, like a, it's an, it's an area noogie. Noogies are concentrated. They hit you right in one spot. This is an area noogie. It pulls your hair and everything. It's so fucking annoying and terrible. And when you're in sixth grade, man, it just sucks. But you know what? It's, it was part of the deal. You had to do it. Jim Rooks and that crew, uh, all of us, we were on board. And then there was the Biao. So the Bizit is you would grab somebody on the, you'd slap them hard on the head and you'd pull it and go Bzzit, pull it back. But then a Biao was fast. You would come up to somebody and go, Biao, and you would slap them in the head and, and slide your head, hand over their fucking hair. <laughs> but all of those pale in comparison to the deadly Tui, uh, which what you would do, this and this is bad, and I can't even imagine this is a real thing, but we did it. Uh, you would spit on your fingers, like the ends of your, uh, you know, your fingertips, I guess I should say, on your fingertips, you would certainly lick them, but sometimes you would get them uh, saucy, a little goopy, perhaps. Uh, not, you know, you don't want to go full fucking throat clam, but you, but you definitely like, uh, you fucking do that, right? And so that's gonna that's gonna intensify the tui, right? And what you would do, this is completely true. I think I fucking, I can't even tell. Imagine I'm telling you this. You would come up to somebody. And you can deliver the, the bazit and the biao were better done from the back because you're grabbing someone by the forehead and pulling backwards. So you had that you had the advantage of sneaking up on them. They didn't see it coming. But the tui you could deliver from the front. And the tui was you would soak your fucking fingertips up and spit and you would walk up and you'd go tui and you'd hit them in the temple. Like I there hear that noise. I just hit myself with the temple like a fucking idiot. I gave myself a tui, but without the sauce. I, got, I just did. I did a tui. Hold the sauce right there. Listen, I'll do it again. Oh, man, does that hurt? Oh, boy. Smack yourself in the temple and see if that doesn't fucking wake you up. God damn it. Uh, and, and imagine a, just a fucking pod of, of sixth and seventh graders zit meow and tooing one another all over. And you could do it on the run, too. You could do a tui on the run. If you walk past the guy, you just fucking smack him in the head and just keep going or run to your classroom and he can't get you because the bell goes off, right? Fucking brutal. The bazit, the meow, and the tui. The... The hat trick of terrible things I remember from sixth grade at Westview Middle School. What a fucking drag. Um, but there was there was another thing I was going to tell you about, though. That, that What was I saying? 
before I get into the, the there was the physical pain, the, the zip, the, the, the owl, and the two. I forget. I forget. See, this is why we need a producer. Someone who could pivot me across. Oh, we had the drift stand in the afternoon. I said, square up, throw elbows. Was it the Bial the Tui? I don't even remember what the fuck it was. God damn it. I've, I'm completely lost. We're in the we're in the weeds. We're in the fucking weeds on this, man. Nothing I can do about it. It'll come to me, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm at Lenny's house, right, at uh, at Thanksgiving, and my leg is fucking killing me. God, no, I'm furious. You know what? I might stop down. Should I stop down and, and blow my nose and then go back and listen to what the fuck? <laughs> What I missed? No, because see, that's even older. That's even more of an old man thing to do. I got to go review the notes of this meeting so I can do my joke I wanted to do. God damn it. I'm furious at myself right now. I wrote down Van Halen. I don't even know what the fuck that was about. Why did I write Van Halen down? Oh, I know why. Never mind. Hold on. I'll put two other letters that'll make me remind me what to talk about with Van Halen. God damn it. See, this is what happens, folks. And you're like, Mike, why don't you put on a show every week? And I'm like, I should just to catch up on all this bullshit. But then I, you know, we've gone however long we've gone now. I haven't talked about one fucking thing that of import to anybody at this point. God damn sniffing. I'm sorry. Uh, so... God, so the Bazit, the Biao, and the Tui came up, Jim Rooks, but there was some other fucking thing. Who the fuck knows? Because uh, yeah, I always see, it's funny to me when I see kids do like slug bug, slug bug red, and they punch a guy in the arm, and I'm like, oh, how quaint. I was I was literally an inch and a half away from blindness every time I walked down the Westview fucking hallway waiting to get Tui'd by some fucking psychopath in, fr- in under the watchful eye of Mr. Halderson, our social studies teacher, or Mr. Hill, my English teacher, or Mr. Nellis, my gym teacher. Um, I think, I think this is all in my brain because the day after Thanksgiving, we went to our buddy Larry's house. Uh, and I told you I was going to see Larry Swick, who is, uh, you know, he, he literally slapped a girl with a glove and he broke up with her and gave her a pink slip. Uh, and I know people are like, what the fuck? That's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It was fucking terrible. There's no doubt, but this is 1970 fucking seven. So you know what? Get a time machine and go back and beat him up. Whatever you fucking want to do. Frank Machu to him against the fence and just fucking tune him up like Frank did. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so um, maybe that's why all this shit's in my brain. Uh, but I, so, whatever. So this show is about nothing. I guess that's the point I was trying to make is that there's no other shows can sit there and debate what the fuck is happening in the world. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about a guy with a donkey at a fucking doctor's office. And I, I, this truly happened today. I went on Twitter and, uh, I didn't even, wait, wait, I was talking about Thanksgiving and my fucking leg, right? Oh, hold on the killer. And then I, I was, there you go. So I was at, I was at Thanksgiving. We sat down and we we're talking about what we were going to watch. Oh, and I said to Lenny, do you like Wes Anderson? Ah, I remember that part of it now. Uh, I had to ask Lenny if he likes Wes Anderson. So we'll pivot to this now. We'll talk about this. I had to ask Lenny if he likes Wes Anderson. And he, and, uh, cause look, some people don't, I get it. Some people are like, I can't stand that motherfucker. It's just, it's so stylized form, formulized, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Because again, Fincher's got his style. Uh, Michael Mann's got his style. Wes Anderson has a style. And I don't know if you saw Asteroid City. Did you see Asteroid City over the summer? Did I talk about it at all? Cause I saw it and I loved it. And I, I think Scarlett Johansson was fucking fantastic in it. Now, was she also very naked? She was. Was it only for one second? It was. But at the same fucking time, beauty like that will strike you in a second. It's like lightning. It fuck, you won't forget it. If you get hit by lightning, that takes a second. You never forget it the rest of your fucking life. You see a fucking full frontal Scarlett Johansson in Asteroid City, and you're like, ba-boom, how you doing, motherfucker? Uh, you never forget it. 
to the point where I'm not even, I don't even remember if it was full frontal at this point. I'm still, I'm groggy. She might not have even been naked. I don't even think she's in the movie. <laughs> My brain has been erased. That's another Wes Anderson. At the end of the movie, he does a fucking men in black thing. He's like, ka-chunk, and you don't forget, you don't remember a fucking thing. You know why? Because then when you see the next Wes Anderson movie, you forget that he does movies like that children's fables. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, I got to erase your brain so you, I can keep getting away with this shit. Uh, shit that I love, by the way, I'm on board. When I saw, I did a whole show on here once about Moonrise Kingdom because I saw it in the theater and I was like, it, it, all of his movies, they're just a sigh. You're just wistful. You just see him and you're like, <sighs> you, you, it's comforting. Like you love it. You're, I, for me, it, there are, again, like I said, there are people like, and and this is weird coming from me, right? Because usually I like movies where guys are getting, you know, there's a lot of fucking uh, balletic violence and guys are getting fucking roped and, and murdered and fighting and a lot of anger and rage. And you know me, I don't like I don't like gentle. I don't like gentility. I I, uh, I just don't. I, I, it's a it's off putting to me. And that speaks. And that's about me and my upbringing or whatever the fuck. Um, when I see a, like an excessively gentle or weak character in a movie. Uh, and and you'll, right there, you see, I, I equate gentleness with weakness. And so when I watch it, it's it's incredibly off-putting to me. Um, so to see these Wes Anderson movies that are just so, they're just made of, of cotton candy and butterflies, and they're beautiful. They're just beautiful to watch. Now, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen Rushmore, and I love it. I've seen um, the... the uh, Ten of Bombs, and I fucking love it. Uh, I lo- I enjoyed the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I don't, I, it's not as good as the others for me. Um, I saw Darjeeling Limited, and I liked that, but I did not see Grand Budapest. Then whenever it's funny, whenever I tell people what I've seen, then everybody goes, "I'll say I didn't see Grand Budapest." They're going, "That's the best one." I can't believe you haven't seen that one. You've got to see Grand Budapest, uh, which I don't doubt. I've also never seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. My ex-wife saw it. And, and it was when she came home, she had that same feeling. I know she floated in the door and she's like, it's so good. It's so good. And that's, that's how I feel about Wes Anderson and his style of filmmaking. I, I see it as a magic trick, a, a conjuring, a miracle. I love what he does. I love the way he thinks and his brain works and the way he, he stages things, uh, just lovely. And so I, so I've not seen Grand Budapest, and I know everybody says it's fucking fantastic, uh, but I, but Moonrise Kingdom, I when I saw it in the theater, I was just like, God damn it, this is just a, this is it's it's like the most comfortable bed you've ever slept in. You just love it. It it makes you feel. I don't care how old you are, and I don't care what the subject matter is. If you watch a Wes Anderson movie, you feel like a child. You just do, and you. But not a child like where everything's big and scary, and you don't know what's going to happen. You feel like a child who's doing his favorite thing, a child who's in the yard, like Moonrise Kingdom, a child who's in the yard who's playing with his action figures or whatever, or playing hide and seek, and just that. It brings you the full promise of whatever life will have to bring to you in the future. You feel it. You feel hopefulness. I do. I mean, I you don't. Maybe you don't. But when I see Wes Anderson movies, I am filled with the the childlike wonder and hope that I had uh, before everything happened. <laughs> and look, there's a million people who got it worse than me. I recognize this. You know, I I laughed because this is because this is true. As I get older, you know, you start to marinate on things a little differently like this this happened the other day i 
I took a bottle of water out of the fridge. I drink water all day at my house, but I stopped drinking bottled water because I stopped driving Uber and I stopped going to the gym. And I was like, why am I wasting money on bottled water? I can just drink fucking tap water with, again, my 11 cubes of ice, whatever I got to do because I have big gulp cups and I drink water all fucking day. I drink, you know, six of those a fucking day. I pound them down. Um, but now I'm back in the gym. Happy about it. Excited. Like I said, down 38 pounds. Well, I'm down. I mean, since I went back to the gym, I'm down 38, but I'm down. What is it? Let's see. It was 393, 335. So we're down almost 60 pounds from where I was at the pandemic at the, at the worst time. You know what I mean? So I'm happy about that, doing that. Um, and and back Ubering. So I, I bring a cooler. When I go to the gym, I just grab bottles of water because it's easier if I'm working out. And when I'm Ubering, I fill a cooler. So I don't have to fucking stop. And I'm not spending money all night. I'm not buying you know soda or attempting to do any of that shit, right? So... Um, back with the bottled water and I, I was I was in my house and I was like, well, I don't want to, I was stepping out and I didn't want to, I was like, well, I'll, I'll drink some water. And I'm like, well, just grab a bottle of water for, you know, to run up to the store. And I went, I grabbed the water and I got in my car and I, when I, and this is, I don't know how to explain it, but when I sat in my car, uh, I had the water, I put it down, I started the car and I picked up a bottle of water and I cracked the top and made that noise. And I felt this overwhelming gratitude that I have the privilege of grabbing a bottle of water to go and bringing it out to my car. And, and I don't mean that in some corny privilege and I'm, I'm a Westerner and but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, yes, all of that is, is an element of it because I recognize that there are, there are people who don't have like, we, you know, I talked about I, maybe last week or whatever the last show I talked about the miners in the Congo who are, you know, essentially drinking mud and and happy to get any moisture. You know what I mean? Like you, and I, I'm sure this is a part of getting older and it's part of being alone. It's all of these things. But for some reason, I I, I think I've told you this before. I, I will, you know, I wash, you know, you wash your hands, what, 10 times a day when you're use the restroom or you're doing dishes, whatever. Uh, sometimes I will just, I will just let water run on my hands. And, and just to feel it, just to feel it go through my fingers and on the backs of my hands and to, to experience that. And, and I know you're going to say, well, Mike, you're wasting water and you're, this is a slap in the face of the Congo miners. I don't mean it to be, I'm just saying the magical privilege of lifting a lever and getting water that I can drink or use for whatever purpose is, is miraculous. And sometimes you take stuff for granted, you know, and there's the famous bit Louis C.K. has, and it's a thought we've all had. When you get on a plane and people, they bitch and they moan and whatever. It's like, dude, you're getting on a fucking spaceship. You're going to, you're going to be in Atlanta in three hours. How the fuck are you bitching about fucking anything at this point? And those those thoughts land heavy and hard on your on your chest and your psyche, you know, when you really think about it. Um, you know, it's like it's like I, sometimes I go to the restaurant and I, they'll be like, you want sparkling water or tap water? Well, I, I just want tap water. I don't I don't care for sparkling water. I don't like club soda. I don't like the way it tastes. I tried, you know, when I was dating Beach, I she liked that stuff. So I would have La Croix in the fridge and I bought Pamplemousse or whatever the fuck and all these other guys. And I had them. In the, so I still have some in there because, again, she, I haven't seen her in three, two years or whatever. And I don't drink that shit, but I was like, I'll leave it in the fridge in case anybody else does. Well, I haven't had a lot of house guests, house guests, you know what I mean? So I was going to bring to Lenny's. He's like, we don't drink that shit either. So I'm like, all right. So there was a pineapple LaCroix in my fridge and I'm like, oh, I'll drink this. And, uh, and I'm sure, look, it's an old hack cliche bit. We've all done it. Everybody said it now. I'm going to say it again. Um, you taste it and it all it, all it is, 
is it's it's someone took a can of club soda and they showed it the dictionary definition of pineapple and pretended now it's a pineapple drink. I mean, it's just it's got some fake aftertaste that might sort of be pineapple. Look, man, if you're going to give me pineapple, I either want fresh juicy pineapple that takes me right to the fucking islands or i want jolly rancher pineapple that takes me to 12 years old that's that's the there's the the crossroads of pineapple for me i don't want nobody wants a hint of pineapple Ooh, mm. boy that's uh that tastes like gasoline with a hint of pineapple i don't care for sparkling water because also i don't drink beer because and also i can make like when i drank the the fucking fake pineapple lacroix it tastes like some bad ipa to me Cause it's just carbonated nastiness with a possible fruit visitor. You know what I mean? I don't fucking want that. Oh, possible fruit visitor. Is that the name? Hold on. Let's put it here. We'll see how that stacks up with whatever it is at four minutes. I have no, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, possible fruit visitor. I have to write that down cause I can't write a time code. Um, so that shit's fucking gross, right? So I tried it and I'm just like, Ugh, terrible. Um, and also look, I recognize the immense privilege of having a nation that sells water to people in that way. You know what I mean? Hey, we got so much fucking water. We put fake fruit in it. You know what I mean? We got so much fucking water. We walk past the fruit stand and trick people into thinking they're tasting dragon fruit. I mean, that shit's fucking crazy to me, but we do it. Um, but if I'm, if I'm washing my hands, I, cause then that will, that'll really set me off. Cause I've done this. And again, these are the thoughts of an old man. Please understand that I know this. But I'll have the water on my hands and I'll look at my hands and I'll, I'll realize I've, I've had my hands my entire life. And then I think of all of, all of the things I've loved that my hands have touched. And I think of all of the people that were special to me that my hands have touched. And no matter how many times I wash them, no matter how many times I can let the water run over them, the essence of love the essence of caring, the essence of things that are important to me will stay on these hands that I've used and have faithfully served me my entire life. And it's a sobering thought, but one I revel in, one I truly enjoy. Uh, and it's funny, I only do that with my hands. It's not like I'm, you know, hey, this nose has been fucking amazing. <laughs> I haven't been that guy. But but your hands are so utilitarian. Your hands are in use constantly whether you're, whether I've used them to pick up things uh, that I kept forever or I used it to touch p- things that I lost forever or whether I used them to gather up the things of the person I've lost forever and send them away or throw them out. You've, they've been used in every important event in my life. My hands have been a part of it. And it's a strange, I'm sure that's as silly as me putting the same cap on the same bottle because they're friends. I'm sure there's some sort of medicine I can take to fix that. But that's, that's what goes through my head, man. It's, it's right there all the time. And I had that same thought with the water the other day. I took a bottle of water to my car, sat in the car and just that noise, the little plastic snap when you take the lid off the old crystal crystal geyser. And, uh, and I, I, because we so every day you absentmindedly eat, you absentmindedly drink, you stop and get a coffee. You just It's just what you do. But if you ever take a second, if you take five, five minutes to think to yourself, Jesus Christ, I love this coffee. 
I get it every day at the same place. I'm able to smile at or say hi to the people who give it to me, or they're able to give it to me in silence. And I have something that I truly enjoy. He said, because there are people like, oh my God, I need a coffee. I got to do it. Well, but yes, but at the same time, you, you, it's a ritual. It's part of you. It's part of who you are. It's part of your DNA. It's part of your lineage. Certainly that I go here, I get this coffee and it, it starts my day. It's it's, these aren't just afterthoughts if you analyze them. I mean, they can be. You can live your life just kind of traipsing through oblivious, and that's fine. But sometimes if you stop and think to yourself just how special it is that you're able to go to this one particular building that you enjoy, you walk in, maybe someone recognizes you, and you get it's, it's, it's humanizing. And when I did this with the water the other day, like I said, I cracked the top and I sat there, and I, and the water was ice cold because it had just come out of the fridge. And I was grateful. <laughs> I was grateful that I was able to drink, that I had potable water, but I also had portable water that I could just take. It wasn't just this afterthought where I threw a bottle in the car. I was like, I got some water, whatever, let's fucking drive. I took a second to think in the moment to be grateful that I have access to water whenever I need it. Because look, man, the end of that is coming soon. We all know that. I joke about the water wars. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I will outlive the water <laughs> supply. Who knows? I may be gone before it runs out. But I think there will be limitations. I think things are coming that are going to be unpleasant. And just to recognize in the moment that right now, at this moment in my life, I, I, have, I have a glass of ice water right next to me whenever I want it. I have portable water in the fridge that I can take with me whenever I need it. And I, I put it in my mouth and I let it sit there and you're going to laugh and you're going to taunt and you're going to make fun. And I don't blame you, but I did. I, I filled my mouth with cold water and I closed my eyes and I leaned my head back on the seat and I sat there with a mouthful of cold water. And then I, I just kind of opened my throat and slowly swallowed it down and let it because the inside of your mouth is always warm you know, so I, I just, I let it cool the inside of my mouth and then I let it be cold all the way down my throat. I felt it and I, I kind of exhaled and I took another mouthful and I sat there and, and I took a minute, I took a minute in my car to take two mouthfuls of water just to recognize that I had the privilege to do so. I mean, again, and then if you can extrapolate that, I'm getting in a car to go to a gym, to pay a guy, to watch me lift weights and help me out. And I mean, it's like, Every, everything can be looked upon as some sort of miracle. Everything can be looked upon as some sort of privilege when you live in the society or you live the way that we do, you know, if you choose to look at it that way. I mean, you can just be like, it's, like I said, you're going to the fucking gym. Oh, I got to go to the gym and I got to run here. I got to the post office, errands. I got to do all that. If you, if you really take a second for mindfulness, you can look around and go, Wow especially when you consider that there are, and I, and I don't want this to turn into, you know, there are kids in Africa who are starving and would love those green beans. Well, fuck them. I don't care. Send them my green beans. That's fine. I'm not trying to tell you you got you to gotta be that person because th- those, those scolds exist too all the time where there's like, you know, like you can't, like, as I said, my favorite thing to say now is like, I can't believe we live in a world where I needed to know that the Philadelphia Eagles stand with Israel, but now I do. I mean, no matter what, like uh, today, a cartoon, there's some cartoon that's coming out and it's, it's all the idiots. It's fucking, uh, 
you know, fucking Megan Kelly's in it. You know what I mean? They're, they're doing some animated show for the daily wire, which I guess is a right wing publication. Um, Corolla's in it, Megan Kelly. And it, it's, it, you know, it's a lot of those people, but then I guess Danny Trejo's in it. Cause tre- the reason Danny Trejo was trending on Twitter and I'm like, is he dead? I hope not. So I pulled it up and, uh, there's Danny Trejo and, uh, and it's, it, he's in this cartoon. And I think Patrick Warburton is also in this cartoon. And all these people are like, uh, fuck, man. Now I got to fucking hate Patrick Warburton. I can't believe Patrick Warburton would work with these assholes. Oh, my God. I can't fucking believe Danny Trejo's got caught up in it. And then people extrapolate that into their own feelings. Well, you know, maybe Danny Trejo doesn't know who these fucking people are. You know what I mean? And so someone's got to tell him, like, his agent needs to step up and tell him. And I'm like, dude, or, or, or Danny Trejo wants to make some fucking money because he's an actor and he took a job and he was in fucking jail. He knows what life is like, motherfucker. He's lived the shittiest part of it. And so now he's out and he's taking gigs. You know what I mean? It's, it's these same people didn't have a problem when he played a killer named Machete who just fucking killed a bunch of people in a movie. And regardless of his politics or whatever politics of the people he killed, he's still a fucking murderer. And your guys are like, yeah, you know what I mean? But now he's going to be a voice in some cartoon that you don't like the politics of the people who are creating it. So now Danny Trejo's in trouble. Patrick Warburton, you now have to dislike his other work because he's doing something like this, man, grow the fuck up. Cause like I've said many times, I mean, you, you know what it look around your house, this pen, I can't imagine how many infants made this pen in fucking China or wherever the fuck my, my, my iPhone, the fucking very microphone I'm using, which again, thank you, microphone. Thank you. Laptop. You're bringing, you're doing good work, but who knows who built these fucking things? I mean, you, but that's what people do is they spin themselves up and it's fucking crazy. I'm like, what are you doing, man? How are you judging this shit and going? Yeah, no, I can't. I can't possibly. I can't watch that now. Well, then don't. But then people shouldn't. What do you mean people fucking shouldn't? Ah, whatever. Who cares? I I, I can't. I can't. It, people can feel any way they want to. That's totally fine. But it's kind of silly. That's all. Um, and again, so I was going to talk about this. Uh, this will pivot me to talking about the fucking stupid Twitter thing. Um, Ric Flair is a famous wrestler. Uh, I've, I've talked about him before. He, you know, I watching his promos led me to be obsessed with language. You know, he was, he played an important part in me and, and public speaking. When I was a kid, I was thrilled when he would talk. It was amazing. I loved wrestling because promos were incredible and the guys were super great at it. I loved to watch them and he was one of them. He was fucking just, he was the gold standard until Steve Austin and the rock came along. You know what I mean? And, and then CM Punk and guys like that. So, uh, so now Ric Flair is a, is a, terrible old man. I mean, he just is. He's like 75. And and again, you, when you say 75 year old wrestler, that that's like saying, you know, living Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, it's, it, it is so incongruous. I mean, these guys don't fucking live this fucking long. And especially a guy like Flair who completely lived his gimmick. I mean, that's all he, he would, I think a couple of years ago, again, he was, he was hospitalized because uh, with complete organ failure, you know what I mean? But he's still strutted into the fucking hospital room like fucking Jackie Fargo or whatever the fuck. He's just that dude, man. So, you know, he's half fucking blood, half bourbon. I mean, that's just how he's lived his life. Well, now he's back and they've given him a fucking microphone and he acts like a fucking goof. I mean, because he's a... You you work in wrestling, you become a carny and then you, you fucking work people all the time and... and I love these people who are like, I can't believe Ric Flair didn't age gracefully. You can't? You can't believe that? Ric Flair? Think of the name. This guy called himself the nature boy and walked around with a fucking robe. And then, 
you know, he was also a sexual assaulter. He was on a fucking plane trip that then it went viral because there was a show about it a couple of years ago and he would come out swinging his dick around and he forced the fucking stewardess to grab his cock. He's a bad guy. He's a fucking bad guy. And, and he's 75 and he'll be dead soon. And everybody's like, why does he still keep getting jobs? Well, cause he's a legendary figure in professional wrestling. Yeah. But he fucking, he was, you know, that stewardess. Yes. He's a shit bag. He should be in fucking jail for any number of goddamn things. But, but I, I these people, whatever the fuck, who cares? So he's terrible. All right. I, I recognize he's a fucking terrible guy. And also even worse than that, he's 75 and he looks every second of it plus 20 years. But he still dresses, you know what I mean? Like he's a playboy. Like he's he's the kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, jet-flying son of a gun. You know what I mean? He just thinks he's that guy. And uh, it's and his mouth doesn't work because he's all old. His mouth is all mushy. It's just fucking, it's, it's, he is a shell of his former self. Uh, but still a legendary wrestling figure. Well, now he's back. And, uh... <laughs> He, there's two things that happened today. One, he, he did a promo at a live event the other day and he talked about inviting 18 year old girls to his hotel room and, and uh, letting them ride space mountain, which is, you can imagine what that means. And all these people are furious and they're, it's embarrassing the company and they want him fired. And I'm just like, or, or you could recognize that this is an 80 year old fucking psychopath who's going to be dead soon and quit trying to legislate what people say in the context of entertainment, you can vote with your fucking remote and not watch it probably. And, and again, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not advocating to give predators air the airwaves. I don't fucking know, man. All I know is it's Ric Flair. If you expect better from him, you're fucking insane. And they're like, right, which is why you shouldn't have hired him. And it's like, well, you're not your company. You can get, you know what? You get a wrestling company and you don't hire Ric Flair. That's how you handle it. I suppose. Or don't watch. But, and, and is Ric Flair disgusting? Yes. He's fucking gross and weird. And, and he's lived a, a crazy life where he's been able to do whatever the fuck he wanted half the fucking time and got away with it. It's, it's, it's not fair. Life's not fair. And everybody thinks that they can, they can somehow step up and get these guys. Oh, we got to get rid of him. We got to get rid of him. We got to fire him. Why? Or don't watch. Don't watch. You can stop watching. You know, is it a bad choice to hire him for their company? Yeah. But but recognize a there's millions of people out there who don't give a fuck about those allegations. Now, is that wrong? It is. Uh, there's also millions of people out there who think he's even cooler because of those allegations, which is fucking disgusting, but also it's pro wrestling. Go, go look up fucking Jake Roberts's dad. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man. This is, this is not a business where you think to yourself, Oh, but these guys have a good retirement plan. No man. Their retirement plan involves keeping the car on the road until it crashes into a fucking wall. And hopefully not hitting anybody on the way out. That's who they are. Crazy. But then Ric Flair gives an interview to Shannon Sharp. This is the thing where I was like, I have, again, no faith. I don't know what the fuck's happening. He gives some interview to Shannon Sharp, and he says that he was trafficked as a child. And he was, and again, I please know, I just skimmed this. I'm just, I'm just, I just, I'm just alluding to what I read. But Ric Flair, I didn't watch, I did not watch the clip. I just saw the the someone rehashing the clip and they're like, hey, Ric Flair says that he was trafficked as a kid. He never knew his real parents and he was given to some other people or whatever the fuck. And uh, and so people are whatever the fuck, you know how it is. That's just like throwing chum in the water and the shark shows up. Everybody goes crazy because all the trafficking idiots come out and all the QAnon people come out and whatever the fuck. So some guy retweets it. And this is what I saw. And he's like, 
This is true. This is uh, something that happens a lot and is never commonly talked about, especially in the Deep South. They would take babies from their their poor parents and like Jewish people would buy them and they would change their name or other people, Christians would buy. And I'm like, and I mean, this guy meant it. He wasn't, he wasn't being crazy or making a joke. This guy truly was like, yeah, there's a whole trafficking, trafficking enterprise in the South where the like rich Jewish families will buy babies and change the name and raise them. And I'm just like, and I, I'm not joking. Like, look, I just started fucking laughing. Like, I mean, in my own house by myself, I read that and I was like, <laughs> come on. And, and even out loud, I just went, well, maybe, I don't know. Cause at the same time, I don't know if that's true. I, but I also don't know if it's not true. And I don't, I, cause also at this, at this point, I don't know if anything's true. I, I got no fucking clue. I don't know if this is, I mean, you know, I'm being shown videos that are supposed to be today and it turns out it was Syria 10 years ago and I you're just you're looking at all this shit you know I feel like I feel like fucking and I it's funny I I'm, I'm gonna use my example and tell you I know where it's from but I feel like Axel Rose in the welcome to the jungle video where he's they basically strack him up like clockwork orange style with his eyes pried open and he's watching a million fucking TVs of violence and and just taking it all in and not knowing what the fuck to do just this weird crazy overload of of death buffet, whatever the fuck they're serving on the screens that day. And you don't know. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I don't, you don't fucking, you can't, I don't, cause again, I'm, I'm at the point. I don't fucking believe anything online, anything. I don't, if, if I will not believe it, I just refuse. There, there, there was again, the same thing happened yesterday there was some, some report. And again, I, there's so many of them. It doesn't even make sense to point at them. But again, it was something that was debunked in an hour. You know what I mean? And and then everybody's just like, well, all right, well, we'll talk about this. I, I'm a, <laughs> you know, I like hockey. You know, I like the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, the Chicago Blackhawks in the offseason, they uh, they were able to win the draft lottery and they drafted a, uh, a kid who's going to be possibly the next Sidney Crosby uh, slash Connor McDavid, uh, a generational talent. He, he was he was. 18 when they drafted him. He's still, he'll be 18 all year. He will not turn 19 until the season's over. And he made the team. His name's Connor Bedard. And I was incredibly excited. And I was like, I was like, hockey Jesus is coming to Chicago. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, so Gil Martin and I are stoked because we're big hockey people and, and we've been watching games together and stuff. Well, their plan in the off season was to sign a bunch of veterans around him to one year deals just to give him a year where he could just kind of play hockey and not worry about the clubhouse and also learn from veterans how to be a professional and hockey is big on that. They, they want, you know, there's, there's all sorts of fucking weird rules. Don't step on the logo in the locker room. I mean, there, there's all sorts of shit going on with these guys and they've all been playing since they were five years old. So it's built into their fucking bodies. It's just ingrained, right? So they bring in these guys. They brought in a guy named Nick Felino, who's fucking great. And then they brought in a guy named Corey Perry. Now, Corey Perry is hated in Chicago. Corey Perry's hated in a lot of NHL cities. Uh, but if he's playing for you, you're excited. Because his nickname is The Worm. All right? He's a fucking dick. He's one of those dudes who he can score. I mean, let's put it this way. He's 39 now, so he's not even close to what he used to be. But the things that he does well... He can still do well. He gets in front of the net. He's a net front presence. He'll pick up garbage goals. He's also slow as fuck, but he knows 
He has hockey IQ, so he knows where to be on the ice. He knows his defensive assignments, and he's a professional. Bottom line, I mean, he will get under the skin of the opponent. He'll act like a fucking jagoff, but at the same time, he is all about winning, and the things he does well, he does well. Now, if you're playing against him, you want him dead. You Quite frankly, you wish Zamboni would run him over in the middle of a fucking game. It's never happened yet, but you're thinking to yourself, if it's ever going to happen, please let it be happening to Corey Perry. Terrible guy, right? But the Hawks especially hate him because they played him in the playoffs a few times and he was a fucking jerk. He, but he is a Hall of Famer. He's he's won a uh, Stanley Cup. He's won a gold medal, I believe. I think he won a, a the Canada Cup. He is a, an MVP. Won an MVP one year. He's been in the league sixteen years. He you know he played for Montreal. He played for Tampa Bay. Played for Anaheim. Now he's with the Hawks. He's been all over the league. He's just one of those guys that people. In the room, they love him. If he's on your team, you love him. But fans fucking hate him. And and when the Hawks signed him, all these fans were pissed. Ah, oh, it's fucking terrible. Why are they signing this fucking guy? I can't believe it. It's just fucking embarrassing. Why would they bring this guy? He's fucking terrible. And it's like, well, because he's a pro's pro, and he's going to take pressure off Bedard. And then as the season started, uh, like I said, slow as fuck, but he's still third on the team in scoring because he can still score goals. But also, he would stick up for Bedard if there was a scrum. And then it turned out like Bedard was kind of Bedard was kind of hanging out with him like after practice he would keep the young guys because the Hawks are truly I think they're the youngest team in the league they got a young defenseman named Korchinski they got Bedard they got all these young dudes Wyatt Phillips and and uh, or Ian Phillips Wyatt Kaiser all these guys and he would keep them after practice and run them run his own drills with them and go okay you do this and what do you do if you do this and give them like hockey knowledge and quizzes and letting them know what to expect and. It's exactly what the Hawks wanted. So, great, right? Well, (laughs) uh, I guess two weeks ago, something happened with Corey Perry. And nobody knew what it was, but all of a sudden, he was playing against the Columbus Blue Jackets for the Hawks, and then they took him out of the game, and he didn't return to the game. And then he was a healthy scratch for the next game, which means he's healthy. He could play if they wanted him to, but they decided he wasn't going to play. And so all the reporters are like, hey, uh, how come Corey's a healthy scratch? Well, you know, eh, club decision. Eh, or, uh, you know, it's just a, you know, club decision. Now, I will tell you this. The Hawks, and I, I've alluded to this on previous shows, they had a scandal back in like 2010 where a player was sexually assaulted by an employee of the team, a film guy. And the Hawks completely brushed it under the rug. Like it wasn't news. They, the guy went to the team and reported it and they were trying to win a Stanley cup. So they literally just kind of did nothing about it. And eventually the player sued. And uh, also eventually that employee was let go by the Blackhawks and he went to, I believe a, a high school in Michigan and he molested more players Ugliest scandal, certainly in Blackhawks history. Uh, I don't know if you heard that, but I think the people up above me just dropped a basket of marbles. Did you hear that noise? There's a good chance Flounder is upstairs trying to stop a parade. Uh, That was fucking crazy. All right. (laughs) Um... So uh, this this dude sued the Blackhawks and then it went public and it turned out that the GM knew about it and the coach knew about it and all these people knew about it and they didn't do anything about it. And then also this dude went to another fucking place and molested more people and it turned into a gigantic scandal for the NHL and the NHL got involved and uh, the Blackhawks fired the coach and the general manager. And to this day, neither of them has been employed again by the league. 
The coach has applied for reinstatement, I think, a couple times and been turned down. Um, but again, I should tell you, this happened in 2010, and this shit didn't hit the fan until, I think, 2019. It took nine years for this shit to fucking really formulate. 2017, maybe? 18? I think it happened in 2010. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what, but they fired everybody. And then they settled with the guy, and they gave him whatever they're going to give him. Uh, but what it did was irreparable damage to the team in the eyes of fans. And so uh, fans, because they're lovely, uh, the Internet is a sewer. No matter what happens for the Hawks, if they do anything good, if there, there'll be some story it would be like Hawks give $10 million to uh, cancerous infants charity. And people would be like, uh, oh, wow. Well, you know, while they were dropping that money off, two more players got raped. Like they, because the internet is a terrible fucking place. Like they just, the Hawks will never, it's going to take 20 years for the Hawks to recover from this in the, in the PR minds of the small fucking hockey fan. Well, then in the off season, when the Hawks win the draft lottery and they get Connor Bedard, it gets even worse because now people are like, oh, why is the league rewarding them with a fucking player after they fucking covered up a sexual assault? This is fucking disgusting. And also their logo is terrible and Native Americans must hate them. And it you know how it is. It just becomes this rolling snowball downhill. And so immediately everybody was like, well, Connor Bedard hates it there. You know, he hates it there because he doesn't want to be where this this scandal team. And it's like Connor Bedard is starting his fucking career in a gigantic original six hockey market he's fine and also he's 18 like he doesn't even know what the fuck you're talking about he didn't you know what i mean he's he's 18 now so that you figure he's born in 2005 this shit happened when he was five years old so he has it has nothing to do with him but it doesn't matter because fans will constantly bring it up and constantly say that he he wants a trade he doesn't want to be there i bet his parents don't want him there because he's not safe and it's like look man there wasn't rampant rape going on in the fucking in the blackhawks in the, in the locker room or whatever the fuck, did it get covered up? Yeah. Do I think the players knew more than they than they they let on? Yes. Was I disappointed that Taves and Kane, who were the two star players, kind of just backed up the general manager instead of saying anything good about the player or saying, "Oh my God, this is a tragedy." Yeah, I was pissed. Uh, but you still got to eat fucking dinner. You still got to check your mail. You still got to go outside. You know what I mean? It's like these people lose their fucking minds and they forget that real life exists. So it doesn't matter. Uh, anything that could happen for the Hawks, everybody brings up, you know, is he going to get raped? You know what I mean? It's it's like there's a one of my favorite tweets of all time. I, it's not mine. Some guy tweeted it. And uh, he's like, he writes, me. Yeah, I was stranded on that desert island for a year. It was crazy. I had to build all my own stuff, but I stayed alive and I made it. And then underneath it'll say in parentheses, guy who I once accidentally sent a text to calling the Grinch the Grink. And he goes, was the Grink there? <laughs> that's his response to the guy living on a fucking desert island by himself and surviving was the grink there it's it's one of it's so funny and it also to me sums up the internet so perfectly doesn't matter what you do you're just, you're still you're remembered for the dumb fucking typo you're remembered for whatever the fuck and it, it never goes away and this is shit that used to be you know with us as friends and you you, you remember all your dumb shit your friends did in high school you know what I mean? So it's it's the way it used to be with like the closest friends, but now it is it's that way with the world. And look, am I equating sexual assault to the grink? I'm not. Is sexual assault a typo? It isn't. Unless you were meaning to spe- to, to spell sensual assault, then it is clearly a typo. <laughs> so uh Corey Perry is a healthy scratch. He doesn't play a couple of games. And somebody on Reddit starts the rumor that Corey Perry fucked Connor Bedard's mom. 
and I, I can't even believe I'm saying it out loud. It, it, and because I, I wrote that when I wrote a text, because my friends, you know, I'm I'm extremely online. Like I read Reddit, I read Twitter. I I I kind of have my finger on the pulse of a lot of things. I'm still kind of dumb, but at the same time, I know a lot of the stuff that's going on. There's I'll see stuff and I I kind of get the reference. You know what I mean? I know current memes, whatever the fuck. I'm not bragging. It, I I should do anything else with my life. It's just I know stuff. And my friends have families and houses and kids. And so they don't, you know, they don't keep up with it so much. So like four days after this broke, my buddy's like, uh, he texted, he's like, Hey man, what is the story with Corey Perry? Like, why is he not playing? Like what's happening with the Hawks? And I wrote, uh, the internet rumor is that he fucked Connor Bedard's mom. And I just hit send. And then I wrote, and then I read immediately after it, I wrote, I can't believe I'm typing this, but it's true. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I don't look, I never thought it was true. The, the, I knew it was a dumb fucking rumor that a bunch of people started online and it went fucking all over the place and it got so big, a Blackhawks beat writer had to go on Twitter and go, the, the rumor about Corey Perry is 100% false. Just thought I would jump in here and tell you. Uh, and then it turns out the Hawks then say, look, we are uh, putting Corey Perry on waivers. And if he's not claimed, we're terminating his contract for conduct unbecoming the club. But they won't say what it is. Well, all that does is pour gasoline. I was already a burning fucking county, not even a fucking pit fire. It's a fucking a whole a whole state is on fire. And now they just gap. They drop gas on it from from on high because then everybody freaks out. They go, oh, it's true. It's true. Oh, my God, he did it. And it's like and in the press conference, the Blackhawks general manager who was near tears, by the way, literally says, hey, look, this has nothing to do with any of the other players or their families. And the very fact anybody would even intimate that is disgusting. But it didn't matter. You know the internet. Like I, my buddy Ken sent me a jersey that said Bedard hyphen Perry, and I'm like, I just went boo. You know what I mean? That's in, and, and you know, again, does it? Am I sad? Am I bothered? Am I angry? Am I no? It's fucking sports. Who cares? But at the same time, when you see it happen in real time and people are freaking out and saying shit, you're just like, I. It's that thing where you go, I don't know what's true. Because because a bunch of crazy shit has happened in the fucking world and you never know what could be true and what might not be true. Who knows? I get no fucking idea. You know, I, so when people say that Ric Flair was trafficked as a child and Jewish people buy babies and something, I don't know. Sounds fucking stupid. Doesn't sound like it's true to me. But eventually, you know, one of these things, they'll be like, ha ha, and they'll pull back the fucking blanket. And everybody goes, oh, I guess it is true. I mean, I, I went through a period where I was reading shit all the time or like the, the fucking the poor girl from poltergeist and how she died and all these fucking rumors and everything. There's people who believe this shit all the time. And I'm like, man, they th- this whatever. I don't even know how they, why I fucking brought this shit up, but, but good for them and good for me <laughs> and good for you for listening to me. But here's what I will say. I just, can we just fucking once could we, could we Chicago sports are a fucking disaster, a disaster. At least the Phillies got to the fucking NLCS. Now they lost. Did they get to the World Series? No. Did they blow a game, two games at home that I did never in a million fucking years thought they would lose at home? Yes, I, I was shocked by it. But again, it's sports. What the fuck are you going to do? It doesn't matter. Um, but fucking Chicago sports is a zoo. The fucking you know the Cubs are chasing Otani. They're they're at least they at least seem to have some management in place. But the fucking White Sox are terrible. They're tearing their team apart. They're offering everybody for fucking sale. But also they're embarrassing because they keep hiring this old man named Tony Larusa to be part of the the fucking organization. Like they brought him back as a manager. He hadn't managed in like fifteen years, and they brought him back two years ago. He literally fell asleep in the dugout, and this team fell off a fucking cliff. And then they fired him, but then they kept him around as an advisor. And now just two weeks ago, they revealed that he's advising them on the minor leagues. And it's like, get rid of this old man. 
Holy fuck, go. Don't you have a a fucking clothesline to run around with an orange in your mouth as you chase a grandkid and die? What the fuck, man? Enough. I just can't. Tony LaRusso just keeps turning up and I'm like, get rid of this fucking guy. And I'm like, again, I'm not a Sox fan, but my brother are Sox fans. Pardo's a Sox fan. So we're in a group chat and and it's just like, and they're so like, I feel bad even sending them news sometimes because they're just like, yeah, I can't with this team anymore. I just fucking can't. And I understand it because the Blackhawks, now all this fucking drama, again, it was bad enough with the fucking the Kyle beach thing and the rape thing and the, you know, sexual assault thing. Cause then there's still the fucking medias were like, he should have punched that guy in the face. You, you only look get that way. If you let yourself, he was bigger than that guy. People don't understand freezing up in that situation. It's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. But again, this happened and the, and the Hawks fired everybody. And then this thing with Corey Perry, they did due diligence. They took him off the ice. They investigated and then they cut him. And for people like, well, can't you tell us what he did? And it turns out now, they, they won't say specifically, but it's floating out that he, he has a problem with alcohol and he got drunk at a team function and something happened involving employees of the team. They won't say what it is, but it's that has come out. Enough of that has come out to where now, of course, people still run with that shit. And then today, Corey Perry put out an apology, OK, that probably was written by his agent, but it doesn't matter. I don't know what Corey Perry did, but this apology takes care of that. And whatever else he may have done for the past 10 years, because it is a very good apology and it is very remorseful, shockingly so, in my opinion, because a lot of these guys will be like, if I offended anybody, I'm sorry. No, he's like, I am truly sorry. I have a problem with alcohol. I have to seek help. I've embarrassed myself in the Hawks organization. I mean, it's wild. It was, it's a, it's a fantastic apology. And when you do that, all you can go is. Well, fuck, man, I, I hope this guy gets the help he needs. You know what I mean? You can't, because that's another thing. People just still crucifying him. And it's also because they've been waiting to. They've all, they've all, they've all wanted their opportunity to take a fucking chunk out of Corey Perry. And now they all get their chance. He's hung up like a pinata and they're all fucking smashing him. And he put out this, again, this apology was, I, you know, again, it was probably written by his agents, whatever the fuck, but it sure, if it wasn't heartfelt, it was certainly thorough. And, and I can only say, you know what? I hope this dude gets the help he needs. I hope this doesn't keep him out of the hall of fame. And, uh, I don't think he'll ever play again. Cause again, he's fucking 39 already, but at the same fucking time you see it, you're just like, God damn, I, I hope he's okay. You know what I mean? So I can do, um, but the Hawks are a fucking nightmare. Like that happened. And then they, they stink. They've stunk for the last four years. That's why they were able to get the best fucking kid that, that generational prospect Bedard, but watching them, you know, it's, you're not invested. We're just watching them and hoping they grow. Cause even Gil Martin and I are like, look, man, whatever we, we don't even, we would like them to win, but we don't care. You know what I mean? We're just like, yeah, it's a rebuilding year. It's going to be a rebuilding decade. Quite frankly. I mean, we're at 2023. I don't think they're going to be good again until 2028. Uh, and that's crazy. Cause I used to think they'd be good again in 2025, but now after watching the team now, cause look, they've made, they've had a ton of fucking draft picks. They've done real well. But when I and look, when I say good again, I think they'll make the playoffs in 2025, 2026, but I think cup contender 2028. And, and you're like, you're going to fucking pull this out on me. And also I'll be dead by 2028. So what the fuck do I care? Guys, they're going to win five cups starting in 2028. <laughs> come, if it doesn't happen, come see me at my grave. <laughs> Just grind it into the dirt. Take that, motherfucker. You were wrong. I was wrong. God damn it. As I peer up from you or down at you or wherever I am. Uh, it's it's terrible. I mean, it's fun. And then, dude, then there's the Bulls. The Bulls are fucking awful. Chicago Bulls, legendary organization. 
Six world championships under Michael Jordan. And yes, I say under Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, under that regime, because fuck Jerry Krause and fuck Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf owns the White Sox and the Bulls. He's double fisting the city. I mean, he's really fucking everybody. They hired this dude from Denver who was going to change the culture and bring in a brought in Billy Donovan, who was a successful coach in Oklahoma City, but never won a title. And then his drafts like they do. They keep drafting dudes like they drafted a guy named Patrick Williams, who didn't even start in college. They took him with the number four pick in the fucking draft. And they were like, we love him because he's got a great motor. And it's like, I, I don't give a fuck about his motor. Can he shoot? You know what I mean? This isn't fucking NASCAR. I need a guy who can fucking score, man. Don't tell me that this guy's got a motor. Great, so he's got a motor, so he'll keep sucking longer than you guys. You know what I mean? It's like he's just going to keep that. You know what? He's like the Energizer Bunny of suck. He can't fucking stop. He keeps rampaging. His suck is all over the place, and he'll never stop sucking. I don't fucking care. Turn his engine off and teach him to give, give him handles. Let him shoot a three-pointer. Literally, turn his engine off and let him shoot a 1,000 three-pointers a day so he can learn to do the thing you want him to do as a 3 and D wing. What the fuck, man? Jesus. It's embarrassing. And they and a couple years ago they you know they came out and they big and they signed Lonzo Ball as a free agent. They got Demar Derozan. They went ahead and got you know, they have Zach Levine. They're like that's our big three. They traded for Vucevic, who's this big fucking you know again European center who eats mice. They're like yes man, let's bring these fucking guys in. And then you Lonzo Ball gets hurt, and he doesn't just get hurt because this is another thing too that happens. Like you know Lonzo Ball didn't like need knee surgery on his ACL. He needs like a. A, a micro micro fracture surgery with a phantom graph. You know what I mean? Like some shit you've never heard of where you're just like, did Joseph Mengele come up with this? Who the fuck created this? But it's some fucking weird hybrid surgery that he's got to have. You ever hear that surgery where they're like, yeah, we got to go back in and we got to break four of his bones in order for them to set properly. What the fuck? What happened to your leg? That's the kind of shit that happens in a car accident. What happened to you? But I guess running up and down the floor can be kind of a car accident. And also... Look, man, Lonzo Ball had his crazy dad and somebody didn't want it. But then Lonzo Ball, like at one point when the Bulls made all these moves, right? They were 27 and 13 and number one in the Eastern Conference when Lonzo Ball got hurt. And since then, they're like 50 and 80, like, like some crazy bad fucking record. It's so terrible. But the problem with that is they don't recognize their situation. They refuse to acknowledge the severity of what they're going through. So Lonzo Ball got hurt. The second Lonzo Ball got hurt in your brain, you should have been like, all right, we're fucked. We're fucked. We have no point guard. They dra- Again, one of their draft picks. They drafted Patrick Williams. They drafted a kid named Kobe White. He's a point guard who shoots threes, but he, does, he can't distribute. He's not a guy who runs an offense because the college game is so different now. You don't have a true point. If you're, look, I'm going to tell you this now. You guys already know this. If you're doing your NCAA bracket, read the capsules on the teams. Don't just fucking half-heartedly do it. And look for teams that have veteran guard play, particularly at point guard. They are going to win at least one game the tournament. And they're always the ones you look at for an upset. Anybody with veteran guard play and with high free throw percentage, those are the teams you look at and you go, okay. And then you can start using your gut and whatever the fuck, picking upsets and shit like that. Because look, if you got veteran guard play, but then you run into fucking Kansas, you're still going to get fucking stormtrooped and that's fine. But you can think to yourself, this team might stay in the game. This team might, they might fucking get, you know, any of these gimmicky offenses, you don't want to fucking back them in the tournament uh, unless they play like smothering defense as well. Like Syracuse, Jimmy Beheim, when he would run the fucking the, the zone, it was embarrassing to watch because they, guys couldn't figure it out. For 20 years, he ran the fucking thing and guys couldn't figure out his fucking defense. So he, he finally won a title. It's just it's that shit can work in college. 
So you can get away with a guy who's not a true point guard in college, not in the tournament, because you'll always get fucked up there unless it's a super talented guy. Regardless, who cares? This is babbling. But so the Bulls draft Kobe White, who can't fucking, you know, he, he's a terrible point guard. He can shoot. And now he might have come into his own now as a player. So they gave him a big contract again in the offseason. They signed Vucevic. They doubled down on that. They gave Levine a max extension. This is after bon- this is after Lonzo Ball got hurt. After Lonzo Ball got hurt, you know, and Alec Caruso who's a great player who plays incredible defense, but because he plays incredible defense is constantly breaking his thumb. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. He's like a high energy guy who's right in your face playing vicious fucking defense, but then he'll, he'll get shin splints because he hits the fucking court so hard because he's chasing dudes all over the place. And so he's also a guy, him and Lonzo Ball are both getting hurt all the time. And you, instead of going, well, fuck, these guys are hurt. We got to figure out a new plan. Instead, they doubled down and gave everybody contracts. Like Levine came up as a free agent and they could have done a sign and trade. They could have shopped him. They could have seen whatever they wanted to do. But then there was this thing where people are like, nah, you know, he can fill it. He can still score. Well, yeah, but he can't do anything else. But it's fine, though. We got to sign him. We got to have him on the team. Why? Why? Well, if we need a crucial bucket late. Look, man, look at this team. We're never going to need a crucial bucket late. We don't have a point guard. The, the kid you drafted at four is on the on the sidelines shaking his head because he doesn't know what the fuck to do at NBA speed. It's ridiculous to watch. God. And I'm not even like a giant basketball guy. I love basketball, but I don't watch the Bulls because they're they're fucking embarrassing. It's so rough. But also, the internet, sports, video games, they've all given people the idea that they know how to run a team. Oh, I could do this. Oh, you got to trade that guy. Oh, you got to move this guy. You got to do this. You got all these. Everybody's got a fucking opinion on what to do. Move a guy, trade a guy. And it's been like that forever, but it's more so now because on the internet, everybody's connected and they can put out their fucking all 22 analysis of the film and go, well, this is what should have happened. Shut the fuck up. You're literally a mailman, but it doesn't mean that I'm not a guy who knows football. Shut up. You're a mailman, <laughs> right? Whatever. But with basketball, the same deal, like, but I have to say in this, in this moment, I knew what to do with the bulls. Because again, if Lonzo Ball tears his ACL and he needs surgery and he's going to be out a year, that's fine. You can you can deal with that and you can plan accordingly. If Lonzo Ball has some mysterious injury that that we've only seen in Nip Tuck, and you don't know when he'll be back on the court to even practice, well, you guess what? Your grand experiment has failed, and you need to fucking backtrack and figure out what to do. And if that means trading your your top scorer, Zach Levine, who also doesn't play any defense and and isn't clutch, which not that that's a real thing, but still, uh, then you do it. You trade him and get as many draft picks and young guys as you possibly can and recognize that you're rebooting. Because, again, now Lonzo Ball, he's had three separate like mystery surgeries. Uh, I, I, I honestly think to the point where they're actually releasing the operation video game and it's Lonzo ball on the game. They've, they, the dude with the red nose is gone. It's now Lonzo ball. And all you do is take shit out of his knee. That's it. Take out his knee for $100. Don't touch the sides. And Oh, another season off for Lonzo ball. Cause you touch the fucking sides. And now he needs to go back to Finland and have some guy named fucking Jurgen dive into his knee again with a laser. What the fuck, man? Cut this guy. Do what you got to do. Cut everybody. But don't try to proceed in a way where you think to yourself, you know what? Uh, Lonzo ball eventually will be healthy. He has an injury. No one in the world has ever had. 
They're literally they because sometimes they'll be like, hey man, we got to go get the uh, the ligament from a corpse and put it in a guy's knee, right? And but they didn't even do that with him. Here, here's how bad it is. Lonzo Ball is hurt, right? And they're like, because normally they'd be like, hey man, why don't you get a fucking ligament from a dead guy and replace his? It goes the other way. They're like, why don't we take Lonzo Ball's ligament and put it in a dead guy? That's how bad it is. It's so fucking terrible. And this is the guy you kept. You got to keep him because you're paying him. I totally get that. But everybody else, get rid of him. DeMar DeRozan is 45 years old. He's shooting jumpers from the elbow like he's fucking Bob Lanier. Jesus Christ, Sidney Moncrief, drive. What are you doing? Holy fuck. That's wrong. Sidney Moncrief would drive. He wouldn't do that. I was just name checking a guy from the old days. But holy fuck. I didn't want some Sidney Moncrief truther to write me and go, you know, Sidney Moncrief actually went to the hoop. Yes, he did. God damn it. One of my favorite Sports Illustrated covers ever. Google Sidney Moncrief Sports Illustrated cover. It's a fantastic cover. Um, But Jesus Christ, they just have these old... They signed Vucevic. He's a fucking giant European center. And he's a pick and pop center who doesn't fucking play in the in the in the paint very often. And they need him to be in the paint now because DeRozan's operating at the elbow and that's where Vucevic wants to be. So they're all fucking just standing next to one another. They don't do anything. Billy Donovan has no fucking idea how to run an offense or defense with this personnel. And and they just and then they sign like these fringe free agents go, ah, you know what? We've got a plan. We've got a thing. We're going to make it happen. It's like, ah, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. And I learned my lesson with the Bears, and I'll get to them in a fucking second. But that thing where they tell you a bunch of shit in the offseason, and then you just watch the first game and doing the same shit they did last season, you're like, son of a bitch. They hoodwinked me. I got hoodwinked. I can't believe I got hoodwinked by another sports franchise. What the fuck? But it's Chicago sports, man. It's fucking grim. Like I said, the Hawks, they there's a rumor going around that their newest free agent, who everybody hates, fucked the mom of the generational prospect. I, how does that happen? Lonzo Ball has a knee that quite frankly, medical journals don't want to print inside of the medical journals because they know they will never see one as bad or weird again. Like they're like, he's an anomaly. Well, this will never happen to a knee again. So we can't study it. Like they don't even want to know what's happening with it. They can't even say to themselves, well, let's look at Lonzo Ball's knee and try to figure out what's going on in there. No, you can't because you look at it and it looks, it looks like a fucking treasure map from fucking 1800, which is a bunch of dotted lines and an X and nobody knows what the fuck is going on in there. I can't figure this shit out. What would turn left at the cactus? What the fuck, Lonzo Ball? God damn, the guy can't run. He's your point guard. He can't run. And you still gave Levine a max contract. And now, eight games into the season, eight games into the season, it floated out. Levine wouldn't mind being traded to a different organization. Oh, really? After you've run this one into the fucking ground, you're going to go ahead and split with your max contract? Grim. And the NBA is different. Like, guys can call their own shots, and I fucking get it. But now everybody's like, this is another thing. People are like, well, everybody knows that the Bulls have to break this up so they won't give them anything for the players. So now you're going to get a bunch of fucking, you're going to offer a dollar and get fucking 40 cents because everybody knows they can fleece you because you're just trying to reboot and, and make it palatable. But people keep buying fucking tickets, keep going to games. So Reinsdorf doesn't give a fuck. So he's just printing money. Same with the White Sox. People who go to the games. It's like these, these stadiums should be empty. There should be like tumbleweeds blowing through these fucking stadiums. And I, and I don't mean it in a way like, you know, guys, let's show them what to do with our own dollars. I don't give a shit. If you want to go to the game, because also some people just want to go to a game. Like Wrigley was always full, even when they sucked, because it was a fucking awesome experience. It's in the middle of a neighborhood. You get a fucking awesome hot dog. You sit in the sun. You look at the ivy. It smells great. It's fucking beautiful. Do they suck? Yes. Are they losing seven to one to Bob Horner and the Atlanta Braves? They are. But I don't give a shit. I'm having a good time. I'll watch Bobby Mercer yell at people in the fucking <laughs> bleachers. I'll watch Dave Kingman crush one on a Waveland, even though they lose eight to one. It's the only run they got because it's a fucking experience. So if you go and want to go see the Sox, 
Look, it's not the same experience because they play in a fucking mall park. It's just fucking terrible. I don't even get it. Uh, and it's, you know, they, they fucked that park up and they built a the new park. They didn't go old school like Camden Yards. Why am I bitching? You don't care about the White Sox in their fucking stadium from 50 years ago. <laughs> Chicago sports is a nightmare, man. It's a fucking nightmare. And then you get the Bears. Oh, motherfucker, the Bears. Dudes, look. And don't come at me with this bullshit. Well, they they won Monday. I don't give a fuck that they won Monday. I don't care. I I told you, man. If I didn't tell you this, I told you. The first day of the season this year, I watched it, and the Packers took a lead, and the Bears ran a fucking... They ran... They ran a wild, like a wildcat play where the tight end tried to sneak for a yard on third and one on the first drive of the season. I'm like, why are you handing this fucking 270 pound guy the ball? What are you doing? You have a quarterback who he's, who's an unbelievable athlete. But as the seasons progress now, you know, I was hoping Justin Fields was the guy. I truly was. I wanted him to be good, but I, I just, it doesn't, he could be incredible. But that's the thing is the, the coaching is so bad. Everybody keeps defaulting to the coaching. You know, if they would just call plays that Justin can run. Well, I don't I don't know what plays Justin can run because the, the when they call certain plays, they dude, look. <laughs> Please stop running the bubble screen. I don't I don't understand. If you don't know what it is, they're throwing a pass behind the line of scrimmage and trying to get yardage. And I, and, and the thing is, if you ever watch like the, you'll have other teams run a bubble screen and it'll work. And in your brain, you'll just think to yourself, what fucking sorcery is this? What wizard do they have in their fucking, in their, their front office that's making the call in the coaching booth? I don't even fucking know because the bears can't call one. If it is magic, every other team's got Gandalf in there calling the plays and the bears have Wizzle the wizard from the Bozo show. Just fucking calling a bubble screen. Yeah, well, let's send that play in. Uh, duty, 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 Omaha. What the fuck, man? It's ridiculous. And and look, it's the owners. I recognize it's the owners. The owners just bought a stadium. They, they bought a property. They're, they're fucking up a stadium. If you own an NFL team and you can't get a stadium built, what the fuck sell? Because you're just, you're robber barons. You're pirates. That's the thing. Everybody bends over backwards to fucking suck your cock and give you a stadium. And the bears have fucked it up. Like they bought some property in Arlington Heights. But now some new city councilman, some amateur Vidoliak, who's going to fucking show up and he's going to change the tax rate. So now it's going to boost it, like triple it. And the, the Bears have to pay another like $70 million they don't want to pay. And you're just hearing all this and you're like, why didn't you fucking guys figure this shit out? Why didn't you guys make a phone call? Why didn't you kill a guy? Literally, you could, the Giants supposedly had Jimmy Hoffa buried in their end zone. Do that shit. This fucking guy started squawking about the tax rate. He sent a couple guys to pay him a visit. And nobody sees him again. They just find his car in a parking lot and with his hat in it. That You don't know where the fuck that guy ended up. Well, he's going to end up in the fucking end zone of the New Arlington Heights Stadium. And everybody's going to be like, wee, as they have a fucking Blue Angels flyover on opening day. Not realizing that this guy's skeleton is fucking six feet under the end zone. That's what you do. But instead, these pink-in-the-air motherfuckers are trying to choose between the Brie and the other Brie. I mean, they're just fucking clueless. And it's as a... You know, the Bears are supposed to be this blue-collar team, Grabowski's, Lunch Pail, blah, blah, blah. And they're owned by the, you know, you were talking about blue-collar. They're owned by Blue Bloods. And people just keep going to the fucking games. And I don't understand it. I know it's the only game in fucking town. I know it. But but these owners, and again, because they keep hiring Ryans and fucking Troys and Matts. Isn't there a fucking Bronco out there you can hire? Isn't there a fucking, you know, just get some psychopath in there, some football lifer. They need Jim Harbaugh. They need that fucking guy. He is so tailor-made for this team. 
He was the Bears quarterback forever. He learned under Ditka. His dad was a coach. He's, he's, go read him. There's two Sports Illustrated previews you can read on him. Just Google, one's called Warrior in Khakis. And I forget the other one. It's from 2010. If you could just go Sports Illustrated 2010 Harbaugh's, it'll come up. And I've wanted him since that, since that one in 2010. The other one's from 2013. But since 2010, when he was at fucking Stanford, I read that article and I said, I want this fucking guy to, to be the Bears coach. I, he has to be the Bears coach. He's born to be the Bears coach. Give him the money and get out of his fucking way. How do you hire some sweaty fucking cover two lifer from the Colts, Matt Eberflus, whose defense wasn't even good in Indianapolis? And motherfucker, you're Chicago. You shouldn't be taking Indianapolis's leftovers. What the fuck is that? You're one of the original franchises. The owner of your team invented football. Did you know that? George Hallis invented football. And what happened was he married into the McCaskey family. Everything was great. And he had a son named Muggs Hallis who thought he was going to take over the team. And then George Hallis died. And somehow the McCaskies with their business acumen fucked Muggs Hallis out because he was out yelling at a black person and he wound up losing his share of the fucking team. And so the McCaskies took over. So these assholes who were, it's literally like a family of Judge Smaleses from Caddyshack. They all wear jackets with crests on the pocket. And they're the ones who are like, we need a, we bears, we, they fight. They even fired one of their own guys. There was a guy named Mike McCaskey who ran the bears in 85. And, and he tried to take credit for the team winning the fucking Super Bowl, And they were like, all right, get the fuck out of here. But again, it was also intrigue and succession. Like it's it literally, it's like the family of succession owned a football team and just dumb fucks constantly stepping on their dicks. And also the wife is still alive. Virginia McCaskey, she's a, she's a fucking skeleton. She's like a wraith. Our team is owned by a wraith. She's a hundred. I'm not joking. She's a hundred years old. And everybody's like, oh, we got to win one Virginia for Virginia. We got to win. No, no, we, that's the problem. We can't win because of Virginia. She's got some, she, you know what she did? She, she ran over a gypsy in like the forties and now we're never going to win again until they get rid of her. Fucking get rid of this chick. It's fucking embarrassing. I just, I don't, I just want to watch a fucking game. In when the Bears score, they have a song called Bear Down Chicago Bears. And there's a line in it. We thrilled the nation with our T formation. Please stop thrilling us with your T formation. I, I, I'm begging you, please stop thrilling us with your T formation. They invented the forward pass. Again, these bubble springs, bubble screens are fucking awful. They are the bane of my existence. And I watched them do it against the Vikings Monday. They won. They won without scoring a touchdown. The Vikings need to be embarrassed. The Bears threw like, I, I'm not I'm being serious. They probably threw 20 screens, 20 screen passes because they were scared of the blitz. I, I don't even, I can't even explain it. They're more scared of the blitz than the fucking, than the England in the forties. They were just like, oh, we got to do something. We got a quick release. We got to, why don't you call some plays where you roll Justin out? And look, I'm, I'm not even, they got to get rid of Justin too. They got to draft the quarterback. There's so many things they got to do. And it's the owners. It starts with the owners because you got to fire this Matt Eberflus because the Bears won the other day and now they're pulling this bullshit. The defense has been playing good. So now they're like, hey man, the defense is coming around. You know what? Eberflus is a defensive genius. We're starting to put it together. Fuck you. No, don't. Don't fall for it. Another thing they're trying to do. The Bears are now four and eight. Okay. And they're saying this, they're doing this bit, this number. Uh, Hey, you know, we're taking the season in quadrants. And uh, and in this quadrant, we're four and four. Turning the corner. Look at us improving. Fuck you. You're done. Fire them all. Bring in somebody who knows what the fuck he's doing. And, and you have to get a new quarterback because Justin's ruined. 
Hopefully he does well the rest of the season and you can get picks for him in some way. You can trade him to somebody else who's desperate because we're going to have the probably the number one pick in the draft again. So draft a quarterback. You got to start the clock over too with the rookie contract and all that shit because I they need, look, people hated Jay Cutler. He's the best quarterback the Bears have had in my lifetime. Now, how sad is that statement? I recognize it. Okay. Jay Cutler was talented, but he was also a fucking, again, million dollar arm, 10 cent head, just a fucking jag off. Uh, but also they did him no favors because they hired four different offensive coordinators. And the whole time he was in Chicago, they just kept giving him different guys with different game plans. And, and even if he pulled it out of his ass, it didn't matter. And then the fans turned on him and I'm like, dude, this fucking team can't do anything with quarterbacks. Never, never Jim McMahon. You'll say that he was, you know, I love Jim McMahon. And he was the second best quarterback of the Bears during my lifetime. Uh, but he was injury prone and he got fucking battered. And if he would have been healthy, they probably would have won another Super Bowl. I won't lie. Fucking in 87, fucking Dick could play Doug Flutie in the playoffs. It was like, what? Or no, in 86. 86, he played Doug Flutie. What the fuck, man? Are you crazy? 87 is when, you know, Peyton's last game and they had to fucking lose to the Redskins. They just, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're just so embarrassing. But quarterbacks been in the fucking bane of their existence. You need, they need a new coach, but mainly they need new owners. Jerry Jones owns the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. I never have. But Jerry Jones would kill a thousand infants to win a Super Bowl. And we fucking need that in Chicago. That's what you need. That kind of ruthless business motherfucker. That's what I mean. You just you need somebody to just to take care of business, put out the hits and hide the bodies and win the fucking games. And I know you're like, Mike, it's just football. It is just football. But I'm tired of watching bad football. And I watch football. I drift through it. Like I said, I drift through the Hawks. I'm like, well, they'll be good in a couple of years. Football's different, man, because you watch it and it's been so bad for so fucking long. And none of these teams, the Hawks, the the, the fucking White Sox have never given out a, a last year. They signed a guy. <laughs> I, who was it? Fucking. I can't remember. The, and, oh, Ben Attendee. They sent a guy named Andrew Ben Attendee and they gave him 75 million over five years. Okay. Which is like 15 million a year. That's the biggest free agent contract they've ever signed. Five years, $75 million. There are guys in the league who make $35 million a year. Uh, a lot of guys get terms. They'll give them seven years at like $175 million to spread it out. But they're, you know, routinely, the biggest guys make $25 million a year. The highest contract they ever gave out was $15 million a year. And they gave it to Andrew Benatendi, who didn't fucking deserve it. Why would you pay that fucking guy? Ridiculous. Uh, it's owners. Reinsdorf owns the Bulls. He's running them to the ground and all this shit. The, the Hawks used to have fucking terrible owners. They had a guy, Dollar Bill Wirtz, they called him because every dollar bill was important to him, right? So then he died and his kids took over and then they said, fuck this. And they started winning cups because they made moves. Of course, then they let a guy get raped, which is not fucking good. And I'm sure you're like, well, Mike, you're sitting here saying they should advocate like Jerry Jones is killing infants. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that, but I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that. I I just, just give me one good quarterback before I die. That's all I want. I, I, I'm so tired of watching the Bears and having to hear that our last good quarterback owned slaves. I, I, it's fucking... They, every time you watch the Bears, they do this thing where they'll, they'll it, it happens all the time. They'll be like, oh, the Bears have a checkered history at quarterback. Oh, is that what you're calling it? A checkered history? Because uh, I would call it a fucking disaster. That's what they have. A dis- they have a Holocaust. It's, the Holocaust is only, you can only use it in a couple of instances. There's been a Holocaust at quarterback for the Chicago Bears. You can go ahead and use it there. It's appropriate. They always got to show me some black and white tape. They'll be like, oh, you know, when the Bears checkered history at quarterback. And then they'll start some grainy black and white tape 
that, you know, the last time you saw this type of film quality, Hitler was giving a speech. And it's just this like, and they show some fucking quarterback, Sid Luckman, whatever the fuck, with like no face mask and a leather helmet pulled over his head. And he's catching the ball and throwing it real fast. And there's like a trumpet. And I'm like, holy fuck. They're like, Sid Luckman, the last Bears great quarterback. You remember when he assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand to start World War One, and then the Bears drafted him in 1939. It's like, I'm tired of it, man. Give me somebody from this century who can play quarterback. I almost I almost would want them to be five if they went eight and nine. But you had a fucking big strapping six foot three, two hundred and forty pound guy throwing fucking lasers. That would be amazing. Give me a Marino who's just getting it done. Because look, one follows the other. You get a great quarterback, you should win games. You should fucking win games. Look at the Bengals. They get Joe Burrow. Turn it all around. Look at the fucking Jags. They get Trevor Lawrence. They've turned it around. This is what happens when you get a quarterback who knows how to play, but you also have to implement coaching. And there's a million other things. But just give me give me the quarterback just once, once in my life. I didn't hate Cutler, but I would I would love to have somebody better than Cutler. Uh, I loved McMahon. I want somebody better than McMahon, just anybody. And again, like I said the other day, the Bears won. And so people are like, well, you know, maybe this team can turn it around. I have friends. I have comedian friends who actually I've stopped contributing. There's a group chat on Facebook. I don't really put a lot of stuff in there because nothing I have to say is good. And a lot of these guys are these eternal optimists who are like, well, you know, Justin, he he looked pretty good. He had a touchdown. And I'm, I'm, I can't I can't do it again. I think we can all delude ourselves. We can all fool ourselves into thinking they've made progress or they're going to be good or everything's going to be okay. And it's not once you recognize that. And look, that's the problem. You're never going to vote out the owners as long as these, but as long as these guys own the team, you can just be fucking dispassionate about it. I mean, there's, there are people who want a second team in Chicago, like New York got a second team just to send a message to the fucking owners, man. And I have no idea. I don't, I don't know the solution. Uh, well, the solution again, it comes in the form of Jim Harbaugh. If you give Harbaugh a a battleship fill of money and you get the fuck out of his way, he's 60 years old. He's 60 years old, and he's about to go to the college football playoff again with Michigan, and hopefully he wins this time because then he'll be even more primed to leave. He's 60 years old. He's the same age Pete Carroll was when he came to the Seahawks, and Pete Carroll won one Super Bowl and should have won another. And he has never missed the playoffs two years in a row. And Jim Harbaugh is the same fucking guy. Jim Harbaugh is a, a psychopath who would strangle you with a, he, with a spaghetti noodle. And I'm, I know you're like, that's impossible. He would find a way. Jim Harbaugh would strangle you with a spaghetti noodle to fucking to win a game. And I'll just tell you, this is an anecdote. I hope you would read those Sports Illustrated articles because I keep telling people, please read these. You would know why he needs to be the Bears coach. I sent them to all these optimistic comedians, all these friends of mine. I'm like, please read these articles. I know nobody reads anymore. But if you read them, you would understand why he needs to be the coach of the Bears. And so I sent them again, and then I reread them again. And there's an anecdote where he's a, you know, Harbaugh as a person, is a, he's a devout Catholic. And he does a lot of missionary work and he goes to different countries and he works with these people. And uh, there was a priest uh, who worked with him alongside of him from Ecuador, possibly Peru, whatever the fuck. But uh, the guy was from America, but he was over there working. And, you know, they worked with a lot of impoverished people. There's an anecdote where Harbaugh met a met. He went in to speak to people at this house and he came out without his shoes and he had met someone the same size and he gave them his shoes. 
Uh, there was a guy who was so sick, the heartball carried him out and they put him and brought him to hospice and he, he survived in hospice for a year. He was dying where he lived, but they took him and took care of him. All of this doesn't mean anything about football, but it gets to the quality of who this guy is. Okay. And in this anecdote, but again, here, but here comes the football part. The pastor was talking to him and said that he had done some work at Notre Dame when he was in America. And at this time, Harbaugh was coaching Stanford and then had moved on to the 49ers. And uh, when he was at Stanford, he had beaten, he was 2-0 and against Notre Dame. So he was coaching the Niners at this time, and he's talking to this preacher, and the preacher's like, oh, the priest, whatever the fuck you want to call him. And he's like, hey, you know, I uh, I did some work at Notre Dame, so I've kind of come along. I'm, I'm, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Are, are you also a Notre Dame fan? And Jim Harbaugh looked the priest in Ecuador in the face, and he said, no, I'm actually in the Notre Dame ass-kicking business. How do you not hire that guy instantly to coach your football team? Because he's he's Woody Hayes without the punch in Charlie Bauman's neck. He's he's the the Belichick without the sullen, surly bullshit. He is the Bears Belichick and they have to fucking sign him. He he played under Ditka. So he knows he's an ex-bear, which the fucking owners love. They love bear tradition and bullshit. He's an ex-bear. He's won everywhere he's gone. He went to San Diego. He won. He went to Stanford. He won. He beat Pete Carroll's ass when he was at Stanford. USC was favored by 41 and Stanford beat him. And then in another game, Stanford was winning 55-27 on USC and went for fucking two because that's who Jim Harbaugh is. And afterwards, Pete Carroll met him at fucking midfield to shake his hand and looked him in the face and said, what's your deal? To the point where Stanford then took that and used it as the slogan to sell season tickets. What's your deal? Get season tickets for Stanford football. Jesus Christ. And I recognize, look, does this mean I would want to be Jim Harbaugh's best friend? No, because he's the kind of guy who would go, hey, I bet I can chew gum faster than you. You know what I mean? He's a psycho. But that's the guy you want running your fucking football team. Quit hiring these guys who show up with eight binders of plays. I, I Give me a guy who goes, you know what we're going to do? We're going to beat your fucking ass. How are you going to do it? You'll see. Stop it. Whatever we do, we dare you to fucking stop it. That's what I want. But also, he'll bring mod, modern football to it. He'll lean into the tough guy, you know, monsters in the midway bullshit, but he'll also give him, especially with this number one draft pick, give him all the money and let him draft a fucking amazing quarterback because he was a quarterback. So he understands the importance of the position. He still takes snaps in practice. He'll run routes with his team. They love him. Michigan loves him. The team, the, all the players love him. That's another thing too, God damn it. The other, if he was hated, if he was a taskmaster, like people hated Belichick. There were people who respected him, but they were like, fuck, this guy's a dick, but we'll play because we're winning rings. People fucking love Harbaugh. You know, he, he inherited a fucking Niner team that I think was like two and 13. And then the next year he, he was in the NFC championship game. The year after that, he was in the Super Bowl. And that's with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback, who, quite frankly, isn't a great quarterback. But he made it fucking happen because they also drafted Navarro Bowman. They turned the whole fucking defense around. He had Frank Gore. He brought in Anquan Bolden. They fucking were dominant. They were fucking dominant. He can do it. He's the fucking guy. And, and here's the thing that drives me craziest. I don't know how these Bears can't see it. How can they not see it? Again, former Bear, tutelage under Ditka, one at San Diego, one at Stanford, took San Francisco to the Super Bowl in two years. Next year went 12-4 and four and lost to Seattle. If it wasn't for an extremely talented Seattle team, which, by the way, was coached by Pete Carroll, what's your deal? 
I'll see you in a couple years and beat your ass in the fucking playoffs. And he did. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl and then wound up losing the next year. Harbaugh didn't get to win his Super Bowl. He actually lost to his brother, which is a completely different fucking story. But Harbaugh, he he then went to Michigan and he, you know, it started out a little rough. But the last three years, he's been in the end of the fucking college playoff. He's beaten Ohio State three years in a row. He's done everything you've asked him to do whenever he's shown up in a place. And off, you know, off the field, he's a fucking wingnut. He like he told his team that if anybody had a fucking a baby, instead of getting an abortion, he would raise them like I mean, he's fucking crazy. But that's what you need. You need a crazy football guy. All these fucking experiments and these dudes were like, I've got eight binders of plays and let's run a bubble screen and we'll run orbit motion. There's nothing wrong with orbit motion. The Dolphins run the shit out of it. It's fucking fun to watch and great. But give me a guy who will run a modern offense that will also have a vicious defense and fucking punch you in the face. That's the thing. It's the monsters of the midway come to life. He played there. He knows the city. He knows what he's supposed to do. Give him a dump truck of fucking money. Get an airplane hanger like in in Dark Knight and just fill it with piles of cash and go, this is yours. You want to spend it? Great. You want to burn it? Whatever you want to fucking do. Because Harbaugh might have to decide because he's fucking crazy. But that's what you need running your fucking football team. God damn it. I would run through a wall for that fucking guy and I'm a slob. So Chicago sports is a, is a fucking wreck, a fucking wreck. And, you know, I got to hear this guy fuck this guy's mom and that the fucking bulls are just, they don't even want to play anymore. It's just embarrassing. So I, if, if I'm telling you this, if the bears keep this coach, this guy is their coach now, because this is another thing. They said they turned the defense around. It's like, oh, Eberflus's defense has turned it around. Well, the Bears earlier this season had to fire their defensive coordinator for conduct unbecoming, and they never said what it was. There were rumors there was an FBI raid at the fucking Hallis Hall. It was crazy. But then they said it was family things, but whatever. Regardless, the guy hasn't come forward. Then they had to fire a running backs coach because he was inappropriate with a fucking employee. So those alone are fireable offenses for this sloppy, sweaty football lifer that you hired. Get him out of there. I don't give a shit about quadrants and four and four and the defense turning it around. But... Supposedly it's his defense, but they brought in a fucking uh, consultant on defense because after they fired Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator, Eberflus was running that in addition to trying to run the team. And that's too much for this guy because you can see him on the sideline. He looks confused. He fucking moves his mouth when he reads. So I'm like, I don't fucking know what they're doing. Well, they bring in some guy. I think his name is Phil Frost. He's a defensive consultant. Well, since he's come in, they've turned it around and started beating ass on defense. Now, also at the same time, They've played four teams and won a combined like seven games. So it's like he's not beating the creme de la creme of the fucking NFL, but they are playing much better on defense because they're playing shitty teams. And this guy, Phil Frost, I think, has brought in a bunch of different concepts because they've stopped playing a cover two, three shell and gone to these different things. They've started to run, you know, bring, bring a lot of pressure and do stunts. And and uh, and Eberflus is getting the credit for it. But isn't that Phil Frost? It's all been going on since he came to town. And also, like I said, you're playing fucking all these teams filled with cripples and nuns like you're beating the shit out of them who the fuck cares so you can't keep them you can't you fucking can't don't keep them don't but if they do i might be out i'm serious i i i may i may move on i won't move on from football uh i'll just watch it as a as a thing i love but i don't know if i can back the bears if they bring this guy back i can't and look, this is no grand announcement, but to you guys, maybe you understand it because you know how, how much I love enjoying sports 
and want the teams I support to be good. And the only problem with it is my backup team would be the Raiders. And they're, oh, fuck, I'm not going to bore you. But, I, I, well, that's way I'm not going to bore you any further. There's a lot of sports talk. But boy, oh boy, it's just, it's, I, so the Raiders are bad. That's all. And also the Raiders aren't in Oakland anymore. They're in Vegas, which is a drag, but God, those uniforms, they still make me think I'm a kid. All right. So I, sorry, we went off on that. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about before we went off on that goddamn thing. <laughs> the hell was I telling? Oh, you fuck. Now that I think about it, I never did finish telling you about my leg. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm at Lenny's house and I'm in the recliner. Oh, you know what? And Wes Anderson. I didn't even tell you about this. All right, so here's the deal. So Lenny, I'm like, do you like Wes Anderson? Because you got to preface anything with that. And Lenny's like, yes. And on Netflix right now, there are four short films by Wes Anderson that feature Benedict Cumberpatch and Dev Patel and Ben Kingsley. And uh, I watched one of them and it's called The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. I think that's what it's called. And that's the longest one. That one's like 40 minutes. And then there's three others that I have not watched yet, but I, you know, cause I wound up traveling. I went to Chicago, whatever. And since I've been back, I was catching up on other stuff. Um, watch the killer, as I mentioned. But, uh, so I said, Lenny, have you seen it? He goes, no, I go, well, there's one called the wonderful story of Henry sugar. It's only 40 minutes long. I said, but I, I have to tell you, it is extremely Wes Anderson. Like it is, it is one of the most Wes Anderson things he's ever done. And he's like, well, I like him. And that's the thing is when I told you about Asteroid City, there there's these moments with the train track and the changing of the sets and the verbiage and the camera angles. I love Asteroid City. I, I really had a great time watching that at the movies. And so this Henry Sugar is it uses some of the same techniques with a lot of breaking the third wall, people talking to the camera, because it's it's a story by Roald Dahl. And the actors act it out, but they're also narrating the story at the same time. So they will speak to the camera. And I don't want to give it away, but I said, Lenny, I go, well, you know, let's watch because it was nighttime. It was dark. Now and we were all full of turkey. And I'm like, well, let's watch fucking Henry Sugar. It's only 40 minutes. It's not a it's not a two hour sit, you know. So he goes, all right, pulls it up. And uh, I loved it just as much the second time. And then it ended. And I kind of like it was that thing where because <laughs> I'm so used now to recommending things and people are just like, nah. uh, but I looked over and I kind of like like looked to my left and I kind of peeked. And uh, he's like, that was fucking great. And I'm like, oh, thank God, because I could not I couldn't bear being the guy who ruined Thanksgiving night by making him watch a fable, because that's what they appear to be to me. All of his movies, they have, like I said, that quality of peacefulness and and tranquility. And they bring you to a, a whimsical childhood place. And they for me, they just they're. They're so comforting <laughs> when they're done right. And and he was like, that was great. And I was like, ah, so he loved it, which was really cool. And then um, we thought about watching the others. But then then her boyfriend came with the tamales. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to take off because by this time it was like fucking 930. I'd been there like 10 hours, which I loved. But also you start to feel like if there's if there's other guests to fill the space, then it's a gathering. It's a party and you don't feel like you're imposing. But if it's, it was just me and Lenny and then our, his niece, my nieces, and then their friends came. But after dinner, they left. So now for the next, you know, another hour and a half, two hours after football and everything, um, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting in a recliner in their house now. And I feel 
well, you know, the holiday's over. You know, we've, we've watched football. We've eaten food. We've had a great time. Uh, and we just watched, you know, like a show and we could have watched another movie or two. I mean, I could have stayed, but in my brain, I was like, uh, you know what? Give them a break. And which again is my silly way of thinking because maybe they, maybe he wanted me to stay. Cause again, the girls were in their room. It was just me and Lenny hanging out. Um, but he was kind of half, you know, he had cooked all day. He's kind of half in and out. Uh, so I was happy to get him to focus. Let's put it like he was, he focused on something for 40 minutes without falling asleep. And I didn't want to push my luck. So I was like, I'll get out of here. So, uh, I got out of the recliner and I stood up and my right leg, uh, was in pain. Now, now I was injured. I wasn't just hurt. I was injured and I limped through the house and I mean, gingerly limping. It was a thing where I really had to favor my left leg <clears throat> and I got leftovers. You know, we packed me up. I got a bunch of Mac and cheese and, and, uh, I, and get this, this is totally true. I got home and I didn't know cause I didn't eat leftovers for two days. Uh, Lenny gave me what felt like seven pounds of leftovers. I got stuffing. I got mashed potatoes. I got turkey, dark and white meat. I got rutabaga. I got, uh, yams and, uh, no gravy, no gravy. Are you fucking kidding me? Mashed potatoes, stuffing, macaroni and cheese, turkey, rutabaga, yams, no gravy. And I wrote him and I go, hey, you know, you uh, <clears throat> you didn't give me any. You gave me eight pounds of leftovers and no fucking gravy. And was this like a squid game challenge? And he just wrote back, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Because Lenny makes really good gravy. So, so they start loading me up and, uh, and here's a smart thing I did for this year, because, uh, the last couple of years I've gone there, they give me leftovers, but they, with their Tupperware. So then their Tupperware sitting at my house and I always want to return it. And Lenny will sometimes be like, yeah, you don't need to. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I don't, I got enough shit in my cabinets. So you're getting it back this time because I have enough shit in my cabinets. I, I brought my own fucking tubs I, and they were deep. They were big. Maybe that's why he filled them up. But I mean, I brought like three different things to pack up and he did, man. He fucking filled them up. He, one was just exclusively mac and cheese. Another one was just mac and cheese and yams. And the other one was everything else in a fucking pile. It was great. Uh, and they're gone now. If you're going to come and buy, I've eaten all the leftovers. It took, it took four days, uh, but, I, but I don't care. I mowed right through them. It was fucking beautiful. Even without gravy, I was able to mow through them. So I take everything and I hug everybody to go goodbye. And I, I grip my teeth and I walk out the door. And once I get outside, I kind of like, uh, like I can let down my guard and appear weak. <laughs> I didn't want to look weak or whatever because I didn't want them going, what's wrong, dude? Uh, I was limping, but I was, you know, I was toughing it out. But when I got outside, I really fully leaned into the supporting myself on my left leg. And I, I walked out of the apartment complex. I got outside and I had to stop. And I had to rub my knee and flex my leg. And then I took 10 more steps and I had to stop. And I told you, I parked about a block and a half away. So I had to stop probably eight or nine times on the way to the car. It was virtually every, every 20 steps. 10 or 20 steps, I had to stop because it was an intense pain. And the whole time I'm talking out loud to myself and I'm going, what did you do? Like, cause there was no, there was no catastrophic injury. There was no slippage. I didn't fall down. There was no event. And then in my brain, I'm like, well, you traveled and you flew on planes and that can always be a little weird, but I had empty seats next to me every trip. And so I was able to stretch my legs out. It was not an issue. That wasn't a problem. Uh, and like I said, the last thing I want to know is that being on my feet 
and just my 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 just my carriage, just how big I am. If that's wearing out my knees, that's bad. That's very fucking bad because uh, I need my legs to work in order to lose the weight, so it doesn't put all the stress on my goddamn knees. And I know you're like, use the elliptical. I fucking hate it. It feels like a ghost machine where you're just like, voo, voo, voo. you're not really going anywhere. Now on a treadmill, you're not going anywhere either. But at least it feels like you're doing something because you're moving your feet. On this thing, you're just like. Voo. I don't, I don't care for the elliptical. It's just, uh, it bothers me. It bothers me is what I say. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I get in the car and I'm, I'm driving. And then I think to myself, you know what I had? Cause I drove a ton when I got back from Chicago. Cause I got, a, I had a bunch of money to make up. I got a, and I have a plan, whatever. Like I told you, I have a plan. I'm going to drive every day, a certain amount of time, or I have, a, I have a, an amount of money I have to make versus a certain amount of time. So if I make this certain amount of money in two hours, I can go home. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Uh, and I have that now as a plan. I'll be driving six days a week. So I'm driving a lot and I'm like, well, wait a minute. That used to feel weird, but it was my left knee that was the problem because my left knee was weirdly against the door and it started to press on my ligament and it was strange and I'd have to stretch it out when I got home. This is, I know how fucking boring is this story. So I, I couldn't figure out what my right knee, which is, you know, it's my braking and, and gas knee. Uh, but I'm like, it never was a problem before. And I'm going home and I'm like, I, I'm trying to figure out everything. I was in Chicago and I'm like, what did I do differently? Did I hit anything? Did I do? And then I realized what I had done differently. And I wondered if this might have something to do with it. When I went to Chicago, uh, I wore different shoes. Now, I, I usually wear Nikes all the time, uh, but I have knock-around Nikes, which are Nike Monarchs, Air Monarchs, which are just fucking, you know, old white people's shoes. Uh, I wear those, but now uh, the, the laces were getting frayed, so I have a, a pair of nice Nikes that I wear around here. But the Nikes that I wore back to Chicago are they're Air Jordans, but they're they're Air Jordan Lows. They're red and black, and I love them. I bought shoes during the pandemic that I haven't really worn, and I figured that they're stage shoes, right? So I was going to put them in the suitcase and still wear my other shoes, but I went, you know what? No, fuck it. I got to wear them. I haven't worn them, so this will break them in. So I wore them and didn't bring backup shoes. So while I was in Chicago, I wore them during the day with David. If we ever went anywhere, I wore them on stage. I wore them to Zanies. I wore them the whole time, the whole time. And, uh, it was once I got home the day after I got home from Chicago that my knee started to hurt and I wasn't wearing them. When I got home, I switched back to my shoes. I didn't wear them, but I wore them on Thanksgiving to Lenny's house. And when I, when I thought of it in the car, I went, Oh my God, that's it. Got to the house and limped from my carport and, uh, you know, I, I don't wear shoes in my house. So I took my shoes off outside and also <laughs> you'll laugh. My shoes are gorgeous. So normally with my knock around shoes, I just slip them off and I'll use my stoop to do it. I'll use my stoop to slip off my right shoe. And then I'll use my foot to slip off my left shoe, my right foot to slip off my left shoe. Well, I didn't want to do that with these shoes because they're too nice and they don't have any scuffs or marks on them. So I untied them and took them off with my hands to not scuff them or whatever the fuck weirdo. Uh, and, uh, and I took them off and I got in my house. I, and I, I walked in and the pain was 
instantly 80% less. I walked on my rug. I walked around my apartment just to see. And it was, it was a, yeah, again, truly like it felt like this miraculous thing. Cause I was like, what the hell? Uh, but I, I walked in, closed the door and I, I went son of a bitch. And I walked around my apartment and, uh, it was, it was still hurting, you know what I mean? But not nearly as intense as it had been. And so I, uh, I heated up some leftovers instantly and I sat down to watch the killer and I, cause I Googled it and I elevated my knee with a couple of pillows and, uh, and it, it was by, then I went to bed and by morning it was better. Like it was, you could still feel it residually, but not, I was no longer injured. It was, and it wasn't even hurting. It was just annoying now. And I was like, son of a bitch. It was the fucking shoes, which made me laugh out loud because Michael Jordan has sold $10 billion worth of Nikes with the slogan. It's gotta be the shoes. And if I had only thought of that right in the beginning, it would have saved me and all my fucking Sherlock Holmes detective work trying to figure out why I was limping like a fucking cancer patient all through the fucking neighborhood. Craziness, craziness. So I still have them and I will wear them on stage. I just, I just have to wear them judiciously. But also I'm terrified now because I have like five other pairs of Nikes that I have never worn that are still in the box. And uh, I, I do I risk it? Do I become hurt? Do I become injured? And if I do, do I just look at people when I'm limping and just go, it's got to be the shoes. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But it's a, it's a chance I got to take because literally the only thing I bought during the pandemic was a TV and six pairs of fucking shoes. Not going to sell them. Can't get rid of them. Not a lot of people out there with big size 14s who want to fucking take them off my hands or my feet, I suppose. Good Lord. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Is my throat burger? It seems like it would be. We've talked a while. Let me see, let me get a sip of water here. <clears throat> ah, can't savor this water. I've got to get it right down my gullet. Uh, all right. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy, or unless you call it X. <laughs> Zev Love X, Terminator X. Uh, go ahead and follow me there at x.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm also available at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. You can find me at those places at Mike40YOB. That's Mike40YOB. Check me out, man. I'm bad. I'm nationwide. And then uh, I'm on Blue Sky. And I don't even know what the fuck that is. It's Mike four zero Y O B, but it's also like, you know, blue sky dot fuck dot backflip dot fucking edu dot whatever the fuck. So look me up on there. If you want to follow me, that'd be cool. I have never posted. Not sure if I ever will, but I wanted to squat on the name before one of you out there took it and tried to sell it to me because God knows it's worth something. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Fuck Van Halen. God damn it. Why did that pop up? Because I just looked down and I, I wrote it down. Um, did I, did I talk about this? I might have even talked about this. Everybody's waiting for Wolfgang Van Halen and Alex Van Halen to go through Eddie's archives and release a bunch of stuff, and they haven't yet. And starting October 1st, somebody started releasing a bunch of unreleased Van Halen tracks and also isolated guitar tracks. It's phenomenal. If you go to YouTube, you want to go into a deep dive. I must have mentioned it last week because I talked so much about YouTube then. Whatever. I, so I don't want to bury it. So whatever. It's not even worth going into. But there's a lot of new Van Halen on YouTube, which is pretty wild. It's crazy. Go check it out. 
Uh, all right. Did you guys know that uh, I'm part of the Misfit Toys Co-op? You should know that. I tell it to you all the time. I, I was going to say every week, but that's certainly not the case. But I am part of the Misfit Toys Co-op, uh, along with uh, the Todd Glass Show and Doug Loves Movies and Never Not Funny with our friends Jimmy and Matt and other people as well. And also the uh, Mental Illness Happy Hour with our great friend Paul Gilmartin. And, uh, and also... Uh, <laughs> don't cut the red wire with Danielle and Christine. You should check that show out too. It's fucking fantastic. So all of those shows are part of the misfit toys co-op. All of them are out there for you to sample and peruse. Please go ahead and check them out where finer podcasts are given away or sold. And also other shows are out there. Our great friends at the paranoid strain, fearful Jesuit and Dana unicorn are out there. Go ahead and listen to their show. Paranoid strain, the podcast available again, wherever you get finer podcasts, wherever you can, uh, my neighbor slamming his door uh, wherever you get the best podcasts in the world I believe Amazon I believe Spotify we're available at all those too uh, so you can also get the not best podcasts in the world there as well uh, but if you're looking solely for the best you wanted the best you got the best the hottest podcast in the world Paranoid Strain with our friends Fearful Jesuit and Danny Unicorn go ahead and check it out and uh, download it it's fantastic they do amazing work and also our great friend David Hernandez whom I may have mentioned earlier in the show, talented artist, wonderful podcaster, terrific singer. Just put up a video of my godson playing his fat belly guitar. And I mean, my godson is a fucking prodigy. It's ridiculous. And like, and the thing is, he's going to be a businessman. You know what I mean? He's, he's so good at everything and he's going to be a businessman. So I have no doubts that he's going to be the greatest businessman who ever lived. But it's wild to me that he's going to be a businessman when he can just pick up any instrument and play it. Like a fucking, I don't give a shit if it's a guitar, a fat belly guitar, the drums, the keyboards, or an oboe. This kid can fucking wail. And uh, and he's going to instead sell shit and be amazing at it. It's fucking, he's so good. All right, so uh, the Flumcat podcast is out there. It's uh, And I think this week, uh, David may uh, talk a little bit about when I was in Chicago. He might go ahead and do that. So uh, go catch up with him and the things that he has to say about me and uh, about him and just his fucking amazing show where he's got a million characters singing. He does music. He's just incredibly talented and a fantastic friend. And I love him. Go check out his podcast, the Flemcat podcast available again, wherever you find your best podcasts. Who wants to hire me for something? Is it you? Is it you? Uh, who wants to hire me for cameo? Hire me for a cameo where I, I have to drink water right in front of your face four times because it blow my nose during a fucking cameo. <laughs> what a fucking mess. My, I used to say from the chest up, I was fucking awesome. And from the chest down, no great shakes. I'm starting to worry. My skull is starting to betray me with all sorts of my throat getting all fucked up. You know, I got to I got to do something in my fucking nose. What the hell's wrong with me? All right. Um, but you can hire me for cameo. Our great friend Manny Mo Garcia uh, hired me again. I don't know why, but he did. And he wanted a mantra said. And I was able to say it as if I was doing an audiobook. And he's just the loveliest guy, the king of kings. And thank you so much for thinking of me. So, out there, if you want to hire me, it is the Christmas season. If you want me to hang some mistletoe and kiss my phone, I'm happy to do it. You want me to talk about gifts or the best gifts I've ever received? You want me to hear about your best gifts? You want me to just read your Christmas list out loud? Or, you know what, wives, if you want me to do a cameo for your husbands along with what the, your Christmas list should entail, why not do that? I'm sure your husband wouldn't mind internet stranger knowing your most intimate details about the things you want for Christmas. Uh, you told him and not me? What the fuck? Uh, I have a story like that that I'll tell you uh, next week because we didn't get to it because I wound up talking about Chicago sports for two hours. Uh, so hiring for the cameo, you can get to, go to bookcameo.com 
or you can get the Cameo app on your phone and check that out. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's wonderful. There's all sorts of amazingly talented celebrities on there whoring themselves out for $9 and I'm one of them. I'm happy to do it. So please uh, go ahead and do this. Oh, I will tell you this too. I mentioned it. It's funny. I told Manny Moen his, his thing. I don't get this, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. And look, this is all going to lead to me getting kicked off the platform. You recognize this. I recognize this. And yet uh, here comes a death wish. Uh, Manny was very kind and he hired me to do a cameo a while ago, a couple weeks ago. And then I did it. And then, uh, you know, I told you, I think I told you about the, the weird cut that I get now. Like I charged 25 bucks. I had to bump the price up to 25 bucks because there's some weird Apple store fee. I don't even know what the fuck it is. But then Manny, on top of what he paid me, he tipped me. He tipped me an amount, which was uh, really nice and very kind. And he did not have to do that, but he did it. Uh, and then I, you know, I was notified by Cameo, you received this tip and for, with the amount. And I was like, great. And I went to Cameo. And uh, they took a chunk of it. Cameo took a third of it, essentially. And in my brain, I was like, Wait, th- this is a tip. Like, this isn't even being paid to do the service. And I guess their thinking is, well, you wouldn't know about this if it wasn't for our service or whatever. But it, like in a restaurant, when you do tips, they're taxed. I mean, tips are taxed and all that shit. But it just seems like a tip should be a gratuity on top of something. It shouldn't be. They shouldn't right? Am I wrong? I don't know. And I don't know the company. And believe me, like I said, I just read a New York times article on them where, you know, once they got famous, they bought a giant house. You know what I mean? With a, a slip and slide that went from Monrovia to fucking Valencia, you know? So they're those guys. And, uh, and so I guess, you know, them pinching a third of whatever my tip was, it makes sense. But I was, I had to admit, I was like, what the fuck, man? But again, I didn't invent, uh, you know, D-level celebrities sending you a happy birthday message. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> um, so if you want to hire me, I'm out there. Cameo. Go ahead and put it on your phone or whatever the fuck you want to do. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB is out there now if you want to become a Patreon person. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. Get this. I'm going to say this right now. There's going to be a Patreon post this week. What the fuck? Now, did I say this last week? because I was waiting for somebody to send me something and it did not arrive in time for me to do it, but I got it today. And then I figured, well, I'll just go ahead and plug it here. But if I said it last week, don't yell at me because there will be a Patreon post this week. Uh, so there you go. So if you want to be a patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B contributor, that would be fantastic. Thank you. And uh, I will make a post at least one. There will be at least one post. How about that? We go that route. You want to just send dough instead of being a Patreon person, you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner. There's a little horn boy. It says donate. Click on that. And guess what? That's PayPal, man. And we're all familiar with PayPal, right? Elon Musk's baby. Uh, He gave an interview yesterday and he told advertisers to fuck off, which made me laugh because everybody's like, way to go. Way to cut the dick off your own business. Whatever the fuck, man. And I'm like, man, when I remember when people used to advertise here and they wanted me to make fun of them. That was their whole deal. I'd said some dude invented cum troughs that ran under under every adult bookstore in California, like a fucking craziness. Uh, But it's so funny to see this guy, the richest person in the world now. And also the very fact that anybody out there would be surprised that the richest person in the world would tell somebody to fuck off. They all clutch their pearls. Oh, that's going to really grow your business. He doesn't give a shit about growing his business. This guy bought the moon. The fuck are you talking about? He literally owns property on Mars. And I don't mean he named a star after himself or whatever the fuck or bought one of those things. Name a star after your friend. No, this guy bought Mars. He owns he owns a condo up there. We just don't even fucking know yet. And this guy shows up for the interview with the New York Times and he's wearing 
He's wearing a jacket that like Indiana, Indiana Jones's pilot wore. He's got makeup on and hair plugs. He's fish belly white. I mean, it's just when you're that rich, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, you're, you're Howard Hughes with long ass nails walking around with Kleenex boxes on your feet. This guy's, you know, two years away from that. He's fucking bananas. But people defend him like he's a fucking genius. And maybe he is. He came up with a bunch of shit. He came up with PayPal and I need it. So there you go. Good for him. Uh, PayPal. Go ahead and find it at MikeSpeedComedy.com on the upper right-hand corner. There's a little skull there. Go ahead and tap it. Or a horn boy, actually. Not a skull. Jesus. Uh, I got channels. Did you know I got channels? I do. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash The40YearOldBoy. That's YouTube.com slash The40YearOldBoy. Go ahead and check it out. It's got all the archives of this show and a lot of other decrepit old stuff. I'm planning on streaming from YouTube at some point. There's all sort of, look, guys, it's all in the hopper. It's all in the hopper pinging around back and forth to and fro. <laughs> uh, all right. And then twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy still inactive right now. Still trying to figure that out. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll do a stream from my phone this week, at least, you know what I mean? Whether just a talking stream or a, a biting stream, whatever the fuck I got to do. But twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy is still there. If you want to go and uh, follow it, just like you can follow on youtube.com, even though there's not, I just, it's just the archives of the show. But if you do it, it lets them know I'm a hitter and people are subscribing, whatever the fuck, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy, twitch.tv, the 40 year old boy uh, slash the 40 year old boy. And I'll do a Twitch stream probably from my phone this week at some point. I wonder if I do it in my house. Does that make sense? Or do I got to go somewhere and do a Twitch stream? You guys want to, but see, that just seems dumb to walk around and be like, this is my neighborhood. You know, who are the people in your neighborhood? Although remember when I did episode 36, Finn? And I took you guys like to Lily's house and then we were by my place. Then we drove all over. That was fun. I had a good time doing that. Uh, yet another experiment that went by the wayside, but I enjoyed it. It's out there to check out. I think if you want to look at it, is that on YouTube? Maybe it is. I don't remember. I know Geo helped me out with it and he might've whacked those once he and I fucking had a falling out. So maybe those files have disappeared. I have no clue, but uh, if they're still out there, you can check them out. Uh, all right. Twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. And, uh, that's, that's that, I guess. And look, could I talk some more? I could, but then my throat would start bleeding as much as my nose does in the morning. I I think I got to go soak my head. I got to go put my, I got to pack it with gauze. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know what? Until the next podcast, but how am I going to drive? If I do that, maybe I just go invisible man. I just wrap my head up. Like I said, in a mummy ball and just open the eyes and put some glasses over it and just fucking drive around. So nobody sees the expectorations or hears this gravelly fucking throat that I'm toting around these days. What the fuck happened to me, man? You know what? I've actually, I know what's wrong with my nose and it's tied into what's wrong with my throat. It's gotta be the shoes. (laughs) I'm an idiot. Thanks. Cause you know why we both 
both love me How great am I? Let's talk about that for a while And by a while, I mean forever Podcast! Podcast. Podcast.